It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Alex Lindsay's here, Andy Anako, and the man with all the colors, Jason Snell from SixColors.com. He, of course, has done, as he always does, his beautiful charts, talking about Apple's Q3 2022. We'll break down all the numbers next on Mac Break Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Mac Break Weekly, episode 829, recorded Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. The Kaiser Soze model. This episode of Mac Break Weekly is brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Certain people make my life easier by helping me out, and Zip Recruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. How? ZipRecruiter's technology finds great candidates, and then you can invite them to apply. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak to try it for free. And by Nomad. Go to NomadGoods.com slash MacBreak and use the promo code MacBreak for 10% off your first purchase of any Nomad accessory, Apple Watch straps, wireless chargers, ultra-durable cables, and more. It's a limited-time offer. And by CashFly. Deliver your video on the network with the best throughput and global reach, making your content infinitely scalable. Go live in hours, not days. Learn more at CashFly.com. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show where we cover the latest Apple news. And there's a little bit of Apple news. Alex Lindsay is here. 090.media and officehours.global. Good to be here. There's no there's no zeros in office hours global. Hello, Alex. Hi, how's it going? Ah, it's going good. Yeah, going great. great. Now that I've recovered from the COVID and I can be in the big studio again, I don't have to worry about infecting people. Uh, I'm happy to I be say here. we we had a great show this morning. Did you have show. fun? We had a great show. Oh, we had a good. We 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 had a second hour on surround, and it just collected a huge number of audio experts. So the first hour is just like super geeky audio, and then the second hour is talking about surround. super geeky audio so, yes yeah, so actually i have a surround a question for uh, users yeah. of ios 16 we'll get to that in a second mm-hmm. uh also with us from wgbh in boston mr andy Anako. hello andrew hello leo looking fresh and shiny today thank you it's it's because for the first time in like 18 weeks i'm not wearing a black shirt right <laughs> oh there that's it that's it i thought maybe your skin routine had changed this is, this, this is I, I i finally ki- uh, switched into my kicky light sp- high spirited summer color palette which is sort of a dark maroon <laughs> yeah very 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 kicky also jason snell from six colors who is so Hello. sick of us by now because he's been on only it's like a month yeah, yeah. I mean, one, one month, and he was on Twit, and he's on Mac Break Weekly, and blah blah blah. And you know what? You're going to get a lot of airtime today too. By the way, before we go into that, on Sunday you said you were using the Opal camera. Are you still using the Opal camera? I am. How do you like it? I like it. I mean, I think there's a question if you've got an iPhone and Mac OS Ventura, if you need something like this. It's a for those who don't know, it's a standalone camera that three hundred dollars. Yeah, it uses um, really nice camera parts. A Sony uh, sensor, do, yeah, one inch sensor. But to be to be a webcam, and it's designed as a webcam, and you can put it on your monitor, and so mine's on my monitor here, yeah. and that's that's all good. Um, but you know, the iPhone is also a very good camera, and with iOS uh, and Ventura. You're going to be able to do that. You're going to be able to just use your iPhone and use it as a webcam if you want to. But then again, you got to move, put your iPhone up there and clip it on and get it set and all of those things. So for some people, 
I mean, I'm doing a video show every week, so it seems it's like worth a good it. investment. Three hundred bucks. Yeah. It's not a one inch uh, sensor. I'm sorry. It's a point. It's a seven point eight millimeter sensor. But and how's the? You're not using the microphone because that's. I'm not. We I'm won't using let you a, do that. a Sure SM7B. Yeah, you yeah. want, but it, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's it got good? some controls and it looks nice. Right. And uh, you know, it's it's the the pitches. It's sort of a, don't use an SLR, uh, right. Because that's I, ridiculous. Just yeah. use sort of an SLR optics in a little webcam, and it's a 4K webcam. It looks great. So I'm happy with it so far. Yeah. You were a little pink on Sunday, but I don't think I'm, that was I'm colorblind, your fault. so I was trying to adjust <laughs> ah. the colors, and I did it oh. badly. So you brought somebody also, in, a professional. Yeah. Also, to be fair, Jason's one of the few people, nerds that I know that actually goes outside a lot. <laughs> like, he, he, a, a lot he, he goes to football games. He goes to baseball games. I don't know if so that's, I mean, that's like, a, that's at mere hours out of the year that I'm outside, Andy. I'm not saying you're any kind of Adam angst here, but you're still, <laughs> compared, compared to like the neutralize the blue and the green and the skin tone, I think that you're... You're much healthier. I think the thing about the Opal that's also interesting is it has Mac software, which a lot of uh, other cameras do not have. Yeah, I think it's Mac only right now. Yeah, that's how they're selling it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Although with continuity camera, I got to think they're going to pivot. I have to say, I always use camo with my iPhone 12, and it just really looks so good. I don't feel the... I was trying all sorts of other things. And continuity camera is... um, I mean, I love Camo too, and Camo has settings, and and Opal has settings, and that's the problem with Apple stuff is that Apple doesn't yeah. have settings. Yeah. They just want you to take it it's the way button. it is, and yeah. like I, mine zoomed in a little bit, and you can zoom and pan and stuff with uh, with Camo. However, being the home field advantage of being the platform owner, the fact that you don't have to launch an app and set it all up and all that, you can literally just put your phone while it's asleep up uh, as a webcam, and it just works. It just comes on and does the right thing and it, that's pretty powerful so it's a lot less fiddly than uh, something like camo very nice good now we can get to apple's quarterly results they came out thursday their fiscal third quarter 2022 a record for for a june <laughs> quarter of 83 billion dollars that's only two percent up over year over year but this you know up is up damn it darn um it is a record, but is it uh, a record? <laughs> is it a wow, or is it more, well, it wasn't as bad as it could be. In fact, Apple quite a few times, I think, uh, said a co- what did they? What did Luke Maestri say? A cocktail of headwinds? Cocktail of headwinds, yes. The mixed <laughs> metaphor of the week is cocktail of headwinds. You could, How do you get a That's like a hurricane. A yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's weird because, you know, it's by Apple standards. Everything is by Apple standards, right? Because, right. like, these results came out and the Wall Street people, I was, li- I was listening to, like, CNBC or something, and they're like, oh, thank God. And really, they're just so relieved because the tech stocks have been so bad. And to look at especially the iPhone number, which was iPhone was up 2% year over year, and that's half Apple's business. And I think the Wall Street people are like, oh, good, the iPhone isn't cratering. <laughs> what a relief. Life is okay at least yeah and by apple standards i mean again it is a record third quarter third quarter is not their best quarter but it's a record third quarter so yay for them i guess but apple's recent quarters have been amazing and there were a lot of downs in their individual product categories some of which can be ascribed to uh what they warned us about three months ago which is that there were a bunch of factory showdowns because showdowns yeah one factory said stick them up to the other one no <laughs> uh, there were a lot of factory shutdowns in shanghai where most macs get assembled right due to covid and they warned that they were not going to be able to make as many macs 
as people wanted to buy. And while that is kind of a nice problem to have, that there was so much demand, the problem with that is you're leaving money on the table. And they said that they were going to leave between 4 and $8 billion on the table this wow. quarter. They didn't. They said they came up a little short of $4 billion. So still almost $4 billion that they left on the table. And when you, they were asked about that, Mac, Mac sales after like five record Mac quarters in a row were down 10% year over year. And when asked about that, I thought the most interesting thing in the whole call with analysts that they do after they release these results was Tim Cook saying, oh, no, we're happy it was 10%. You should have seen it before. (laughs) And you get the sense that those factories were just coming online at the beginning of the quarter, and they were way behind on selling Max. And by the end, they caught up enough to get to 10% down from a scary number that's even worse than that. So, you know... Some of this is about like global economy and about them leaving Russia and all sorts of other things that they did um, and their softness in wearables, especially. But again, you know, for for it to be a record and also for their biggest problem to be they couldn't make them fast enough. It's not a I don't want to belittle that problem, but like that's not the worst problem to have and foreign exchange and stuff like that. So, you know, it's weird to talk about it because was it not Apple's strongest quarter? Yeah, but it was also like an Apple record quarter. And I don't know, it's hard to it's hard to get too caught up in it because it was it's a lot of money. It's just a lot of money. Only one of the M2 laptops is in this quarter, right? The the MacBook Air is not right. The MacBook Air did not ship in time for this quarter at all. Okay. Yeah, and I think that the areas that are soft, I think one thing that I noticed looking at the, at the wearables as well as the iPad is that one of Apple's problems is they make those very durable. <laughs> like it's, it, you, you get the watch and you're kind of like every time they come out, like, well, this watch works pretty well. And my kids are still using an iPad Pro. That, I bought them the iPad Pros when they first came out, the, the 12.9s or whatever. They still use them every day. You know, yeah. and I think that, and, yeah. I, and I also think that that's also speaks to a lot of developers aren't taking full advantage of the new features that are available in some of the, the newer iPads. And so what the iPad does, it seems to do for five years, you know, and, and that's, that's all, that's a little bit of also Apple even needing to push those, those technologies that they want to sell them more. It's actually not been a yeah. good year for iPad in general. This quarter down 2%, previous quarter down 2%, 14% the quarter before that. So uh, iPads, but fo- following a year of really explosive yeah, growth on the yeah, iPad, yeah, where they yeah, sort of figured that. it yeah, out, yeah. I think what, what baffles me about this, and they don't disclose how they know this, but they they say that this is true, and it's it's illegal. You know, they they if they lied, they would go to jail. So I, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. They talk <laughs> about switcher numbers and expanding their user base, and that's one of the things that they emphasize. So like, even though Mac numbers were down, they said more than half. To Alex's point, more than half of the people who bought a Mac in this quarter were switching. Were not Mac users. Before. That's kind of amazing. And, and wow. that they had a record number of of iPhone switchers for the quarter. And again, the numbers are a little hazy, and I don't know exactly how they're slicing it. But they make those claims a lot about iPad and about Mac and about iPhone that people are switching and they're expanding their install base and their growth isn't just coming from an old Apple user, you know, recycling their old computer and buying a new one. Well, and look at uh, Intel's results this quarter, which were terrible. In fact, AMD exceeded Intel from in market cap just this week, which is kind of mind-boggling. So uh, I think the uh, Apple Silicon, I think you could, is it safe to say that this is a victory for Apple Silicon as much as anything else? Yes? Apple Absolutely. certainly ascribes it to that. Yeah. The, the Mac sales being a record for the I think last... A, uh, and, but just people switching. Yeah. I think a lot of, you know... Sure. We talked last week about John Gruber and 
his contention that you know they apples should be included when you talk about the best laptops and so forth and but I, and for whatever reason it wasn't you know picked as the best laptop by wirecutter however i think real users look at battery life they look at coolness mm -hmm. they look at performance and go yeah, maybe it's time to buy a Mac. I'm not not at all surprised to well, hear that. And I and I think that one of the arguments for a long time was, well, it's a P, it's it's not a Mac, but it's got it's way you get way more for the for the dollar, and that Apple kind of eroded that, where you're getting a lot of performance and a, again battery performance, per, chip performance, screen performance uh, for a relatively low amount of money. There's still and the I Apple tax. I mean, it's some to PCs. But, but not much. Yeah. Like, well, a thousand dollar MacBook Air is a pretty, you know, that's. But it's that's uh, reasonable. Th there's not a lower version, but when you compare it to another thousand dollar PC, that's right. That's where that. You, fact, when you compare them dollar to dollar, I, you know, Apple may have an edge at this point. You know, Wirecutter now they don't make a thirteen hundred dollar XPS thirteen over. Uh, you know, not right. mentioning the MacBook Air, which was three hundred bucks right. yeah. less. Yeah. This is, but this is why you really, really wish that Apple or these other companies could really break down these numbers because uh, we, we've, to Apple's credit, we've seen that stat before, like quarter after quarter, where hey, we've got a lot of switchers from Windows, which is significant. It's it's maybe emotionally significant, maybe not significant in terms of increasing their market share, but still it's significant that they're not after they're not shedding off Mac users, which means that whatever they're doing, whatever their five year plan is, they are making their current users happy and that's going to be a big part of it but i keep wondering like are they it's one thing to convince someone who had fifteen hundred dollars to spend on a windows notebook to spend eighteen hundred dollars to two thousand dollars for a macbook are they convincing people who had a budget of five to seven to eight hundred dollars to spend a thousand to thirteen hundred dollars are they do the people who uh, who spend uh, the, do the largest segment of the population who are buying laptops are they seeing so much value in the mac that they're willing to spend a little more to get that extra apple advantage that's something that i'd really love to know as someone who buys a lot of pcs i think there is also something else going on uh, some somebody in our uh, chat room eric duckman says new computers are overrated i have fourth gen intel machines I don't know if they're Macs or PCs, but I think that that's actually the case. I, I have a lot of older PCs, and they're not appreciably slower. So people are—I don't think people are looking so much at performance these days as other things. For instance, battery life. It, yeah. I mean, when you're talking twelve-hour all-day battery life, that's a real value, and, and and I think that maybe PC users are going beyond performance these days as well. And don't forget when the Intel transition happened on the Mac to Intel. It was a different era, and there, everybody kind of, a lot of people bought Macs at that point because they felt like, oh, this is safe. I can run Windows on it, too. And they didn't, but they, they <laughs> it was like enough to get them across. But with this Apple Silicon transition, you pick up all of this uh, battery life and energy efficiency, and the compatibility is a lot, it's just not an issue. So many things are web-based. and, yeah. and it, you don't they, care they, anymore. Yeah. yeah, the ability right. to run the iOS apps to a certain degree, and it just kind of doesn't matter. And so it ends up being more about, uh, yeah, battery life and maybe aesthetics well, and that 999 MacBook Air sure looks pretty good and maybe you've thought about buying a Mac before and now it's just like it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal and I think that works in Apple's favor. Quality well, components, better better keyboard, better trackpad, yeah. better screen. All of those kind of ineffable quality of life differences may end up making more of a difference when performance is less important. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sorry, and, and to that point, uh, Gartner Research's uh, report on the on the uh, laptop market was really, really interesting a couple of weeks ago. Uh, 
showing that, yeah, nobody is going – we're expecting serious downturns for the rest of the year at least. With Apple being hurt the most, they were just expecting their sales to be pretty flat. PC sales to be a little down but not disastrous. But then you look at Chromebook sales, which they're expecting to fall off by 30 freaking percent. And that, to me, is very, very significant because, yes, there are all kinds of, uh, there are all kinds of reasons why uh, 2020 and 2021 might have been artificially inflated numbers for the Chromebook. But it means that uh, there is no Chromebook revolution going on. I mean, I think a lot of us in this chat would say that for m- most users, uh, a laptop that just runs uh, Chrome or Safari really, really well, almost everything else is kind of secondary, given how much time people spend inside a web browser for one reason or another. But you, one would have uh, expected that if Chromebooks were at the cusp of a new revolution in the tw- in the 2020s, all of these people buying new Chromebooks for practical reasons would realize that, hey, look, I'm using my Chromebook a lot more than I'm using this laptop I spent $2,000 for three or four years ago. The fact that it's cratering means that, and the fact that uh, uh, Apple's MacBooks are expected to be pretty much unaffected, excuse me, flat, as opposed to back into growth, I think that is another serious point in favor of Apple's strategies. People, well, and I think that this is the verge from last week. People aren't buying as many PCs, and Intel is feeling the multi-billion-dollar burn. They lost half a billion dollars. Uh, they just in have the their quarter. laptops on their laps. <laughs> yeah, the there's the burn right there. It's hurting. Exactly. Uh, you know, that's a that's a. T- I don't know if you correlate that to the increase in Apple uh, uh, switching, but I have a feeling it is. I think it's related. Yeah. Well, and I think that when you start to for almost any company and oftentimes individual, if you start valuing your time, then then Apple get re- gets really cheap. You know, the amount of time you spend fiddling with PCs and 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 Chromebooks, and this is. I've worked at companies where the IT, de- IT support department for the PC side, it's the same number of Mac and PC users. The support for the PCs is like nine people. The support for the Mac side is like half a person. <laughs> you know, like it, it's there, you know, and, 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 and it's, it's a different level of cost and a different level of time. And, you know, I know for me, you know, I, for a while I was really using a consumer PC uh, with Oculus, um, you know, and, my, and I finally just gave up on the whole thing because I was like, every forced update. It's no fun, Oculus. is it? Yeah. Every forced yeah. update, I was like, yeah. and, and you can get out of that with an enterprise version and all this other stuff. But for an average person, when you have when you have updates that are breaking a bunch of stuff that you're using all the time, that's, I, I, I don't know how anybody thinks that that's okay. I don't you know, know, I know I don't, they have to do it. But I don't like, know how much faith I have. Certainly corporations, which m- have metrics and they measure all this, I understand mm-hmm. they, they pay attention to it. But the individual, the homo economicus, I think probably <laughs> well, I isn't making this calculate, this you know d- deep calculation about, well, three years from now, the overall cost of ownership. I think they look at the, they go to Costco and then they look at the the price on the shelf. But I think that they're I think they're getting past. I think that that we Maybe are getting, getting into the next generation yeah. that's moving past Costco yeah. because they're actually using them and they're actually using yeah. them at home and they're actually using them for them, their own their, their self themselves. I'm not saying they do the calculation, but it is a lot. The uh, you know the hardship of owner, owning a Mac is lower. <laughs> you know it might be. And we used to say, well, you pay a lot extra, but now it's not clear that you pay a lot of extra for an average person. If you're if you are. What I will say is that I mean, I, I mean, we own a bunch of PCs, and I mean, I, I think there's more PCs in own I know than than there are Macs. the The main thing is, is if if you are a savvy user, there are tons of things that a PC can do that a Mac can't. There are tons of things that there's flexibility and all kinds of things that you want to use. But 
every, anytime someone says, well, I'm a home user and I haven't used a computer a lot, I'm somewhere between an iPad and a Mac. Like, like so, you know, like, like let's keep you out of the, the, the dangerous forest. That was interesting. I said 9to5 Mac had a, a big feature article on should you buy an M2 MacBook Air or an iPad, an M1 iPad. And I thought that that's that is a decision. Well, do people make I, that? Are people really I, absolutely? I mean, yeah. I talk to people all the time, and I go, you know, what are you doing? And the first thing they they say, well, what should I get? And I'm like, what do you do? And, right. and they're like, well, I surf the web and I do Word documents. Yeah, an iPad's and I do, fine. And, I, and I'm like, you should just get an iPad because yeah. then you don't have to worry about. Or, there's so many things. Or you don't a have to Chromebook, worry about. <laughs> but an iPad's <laughs> like, such a better. Yeah, a Chromebook is such a rock. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. A, it's a it's really good at keeping doors from opening and shutting. <laughs> but that's yeah. about well, that's about its best use. It's such a worthless piece of. Okay, I do. I do. Have my to kids say have them. I hate about them. that. <laughs> oh okay, my gosh, well, I hate them. All, all, all I'll say is that um, a, a nitpick on an earlier point that maintenance on a Chromebook is Chromebook is non-existent. It's, it's up zero. With the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. I, Use, I, usefulness I, is also non-existent. More. Well, your poor <laughs> no, kids. Well, no, are fo- again, those are foisted yeah. upon them by the school oh district, gosh. and they're so not bad. the I best was, Chromebooks ever. And blah blah. And they have. But they have. But they do get. they do get free lunches that are netable. Look at that. That is a good Chromebook. he has got there right there. I've got. I've got a Pixel Book, and it is. Is one of my like main computers. Yeah. I use I do no, I so agree. much work on this because it is so useful. Assuming that you don't get the two hundred dollar like cheapest possible. But that's the uh, problem. Model possible. Yeah, people say yeah, that, and, over, and, and that is the problem. Right? Yeah, they're over economical. Homo well, super no, economicus. Some of them, so I think that I think that by the time you get to uh, you can get a really nicely made uh, Chromebook for four hundred to five hundred dollars. I think a lot of people really do just associate Chromebooks with well, this is the lowest common denominator. This is we just need to get more screens inside the house. We need to get more screens inside the office. But we can do we can fill that that remit for two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars a seat instead of five or six hundred dollars a seat. By the time you get into the price of a decent uh, Chromebook, and really we're talking about Samsung makes a seven. $700 windmill. I mean, the one you're holding up is $1,000, though. Let's, put, let's be that was, fair, well, the, right? Well, this, yeah, $800 it cost me because it was kind of a basic configuration. This, this is the Chrome, if this people who are just listening in audio, this, yeah. is, this is Google's Pixel Book, which they stopped making, but still one of the nice, this is almost Apple-like in design, and yet you could, you could, you could buy this configured as an i7 Intel processor uh, with lots of storage for like $1,200, $1,300, which is definitely, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a senior executive, I can't be seen, I can't be seen uh, at a conference uh, conference table with anything but the very very best laptop out there, but yeah, no, it's 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 out there. That's that's why I'm saying that I really do think it's significant that. Uh, it's not the Chromebook as it's found its place. It's a very important place. It's a wonderful piece of technology. It's a wonderful operating system. The fact that uh, Chrome OS Flex can now be installed on all kinds of uh, computers that are perfectly useful, but they've just been abandoned by Apple and Microsoft. Also, a very very important role uh, in tech in the, the 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 playing field right now. However, it is significant that it hasn't really taken over the way that you would think that a computer that's this useful this inexpensive would uh and so that's I, I think that is kudos to the ipad kudos to the mac although i, I don't I'm, don't I'm, deprecate chromebook sales they consistently number oh, no, one no, no, no. sales uh a lot because of schools but still right uh chromebooks have done fine i don't think anybody's seeing oh no no they're, sure. they're they're doing okay I'm, I'm i'm just saying that as someone who uh Often tries to think, often uh, often tries to think about. Oh, I'm putting, go into beard stroking mode about what does this say about uh, about our relationship with uh, with technology. It is interesting that we're still very very much locked into a conventional, uh, mostly a laptop running a conventional desktop operating system. iPads are also extreme. The three hundred the, the basic three hundred twenty dollar iPad is one of the 
biggest steals in technology right now. It's such an incredibly good value, but to uh, with a lot of good reason. It really isn't a notebook. It isn't. It isn't a boring keyboard, trackpad, screen. Because uh, as I as I keep saying, as as big a fan of the iPad as I am, iPads are awesome. They can do anything that a notebook notebook can do, until it can't. In which case, oh my God, are you screwed? Uh, I mean, just simplest things ever. So that's why it's it's an interesting calculus to navigate. Yeah, services uh, down, still growing. 12% year over year, but that's the slowest growth rate since uh, this graph was started, which is, what, 2018? This is, by yeah. the way, credit to Jason and Six Colors. These are that we're using their beautiful color graphs. Your beautiful color graphs that you generate every year. Thank you. Every quarter. Yeah. Services is funny. It actually was down sequentially for the first time in two years, but uh, its weakest quarter is this quarter for whatever reason. Apple ascribed a lot of it to softness in the ad market, which I think is really interesting. An analyst tried to do the whole... Um, you know, you guys are doing app tracking transparency, which makes it hard for Facebook to do ads about apps. And so you get to do all the advertising inside the app store, which is a first party ad, but you make money with it, uh, which, you know, Tim Cook basically didn't answer because what there is, is no answer because it's the right. It's true. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> it's true. true. So but uh, they did say the way, that Apple's one of the reasons services up. was down Apple's was because of that revenue. They're increasing where they're putting ads, right? They announced that yeah. this week. Yeah, so, there's new ad spots as yeah. well. So, and, and it's like we don't we talk about services, and everybody thinks, oh, it's Apple TV Plus, and it's Apple One, and it's Apple Fitness, and Apple News. But part of the services uh, con- container is search ads. So, what's you know, the biggest it, portion, though? It must be the App Store. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, they don't break it down, but it has they to don't. be. And maybe this is uh, this. 12... And Apple Care too. Apple Care is probably yeah. making a lot of money. This might. Them. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So if you can't sell Macs, you can't sell Apple Care. So maybe that's part of it. I would bet though the recession, or uh, we shouldn't call it recession. Uh, inflation. I don't know what it is. Macroeconomic. Macro, there you go. Issues. <laughs> Cocktails of headwinds uh-huh. uh, are definitely impacting the App Store. Don't you think people probably are spending? Less money in the app store. You know, when times are tight, you don't go out and buy 300 Simpsons donuts. I know for a fact. I I will say that that, uh, looking at that number, I I thought about it this morning while I was looking through that. And one of the things I noticed is I'm not buying very many apps. Yeah. And I was trying to think, like, I'm buying way less. And it actually, for me, and I don't know if I'm, you know, canary in the coal mine or just crazy, probably both. um, The... You're the crazy canary like, in the coal mine is what you I am, are. I have become super <laughs> sensitive to subscriptions. And so if I see an app yes. and, and it's going to be a, have a subscription, yes. I just don't download it. Because yep. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I can't add another can't monthly another. fee. Yep. You know, and so, and so I, I think this, this idea, and Apple pushed it. Apple pushed all these developers to go to subscription because, and, and I get it. I get that they make more, you know, they have a stable income. They can pay for their bills and they can do all those other things. I understand the model, but as a user, I'm finding that I don't want to play anymore. And yeah. I, it has to be really good. Maybe and what I do in. now yeah. is I'll install it. I'll sign up for a subscription and I immediately cancel it. So I wait one day. I don't know. I'm superstitious. I wait one day and I cancel it so that it will go away if 
if, uh, if so you don't use basically it. if you don't pay if attention. I don't use it it's just gonna yeah. if I don't pay attention it's just gonna die at the end of the month so then I'm only paying policy. for that one yeah and it's just I do it for everything and then I just re-up oh I oh and then oh, if I, I, use, I can't use I it I just re-up it. Renew it but then yeah. I, then yeah. I delete it again like yeah. I just go oh. so I, I look at it as I'm using I'm paying for the use of it's it it's a onesie twosie <laughs> one time yeah. only yeah yeah because otherwise if you don't now that, I will say that's also why I'm very sensitive to Apple losing control of the app stores because I want that central place and I'll tell you one thing. Anybody has any kind of subscription outside of the app store? No way. The only one that I pay for is is uh, Audible, and but I'm like I am not touching anything because I can't manage it. Like I can manage it inside the Apple App Store, and I can't manage it outside the App Store. Yeah, I think you might be right. We talked about this on Sunday, didn't we, Jason? About uh, subscription fatigue, and I got a lot of email and comments from uh, from listeners who said, "Yeah, subscription fatigue is real," and and. I don't know if it's related, but you see uh, streaming services. Peacock had zero new subscribers this quarter, for instance. Well, I think people are starting to make, they have to make start making decisions. Like, I'm looking at all the streaming services I have and looking at it going, well, do yeah. I need all of these? And I, I've started turning some off. Yeah. I never signed up for Paramount because I was like, you're too late. <laughs> like, I'm already, I'm already full. <laughs> oh, but see, you know, like, you, you know, like, like you know, Peacock. So that's the problem. Yeah, but Peacock, so. you're too late. I'm not going to do that either. And so, you know, but it's I've got, driven. you know, my, It's all hit driven. Well, well, it, yeah, and it's and you have just enough hits. The funny thing is, like, there's like Netflix. I'm always like, I'm gonna get rid of them, and then I'm like, and then I then I forgot about them. I didn't even have Netflix for like three months, and somehow I, I changed my credit card. I had to change my credit card or whatever. Anyway, um, I think so that's I why Netflix is months. in trouble because they haven't come up with a new yeah. hit series like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're pushing this Gray Man now, uh, and they're good. hoping this will become the I'm next. Just, sorry. Thing. No interest. I am the target. Like I am the target audience. Like if you're like I'm the guy that watches. You're the crazy on fire. The Jason Bourne. We've established. Jason Bourne. Yes. Uh, Jack Bauer. I'm I'm all in. Like if that's the yeah, my kind I love of movie. those kind of movies too. And yeah. it was real. The, the dialogue was embarrassingly bad. The you know some of the the action scenes were way over. I mean like over the top in like too under. So there's this thing that people do that is too undercranked. So it feels like it's going way too fast. They do it to add more intensity, but if you undercrank too far, it just feels like a cartoon, and People that's what running, it felt like. Running around, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just like, just things like that's not doesn't like feel Benny doesn't Hill feel accurate anymore. And yeah, yeah. it's like the Russo brothers, and this is the problem that all the streaming networks have is they hand they hand off the, all the control to the producers or the showrunners or whatever it is because they're just so they're so happy that they're there. And so the Russo they got they got the Russo brothers from they worked on Avengers, and now they get to now Netflix gets to do a movie, and they said here's two hundred million dollars, yeah, do whatever you want, and the Russos did something with it. <laughs> it I think this, this uh, going back to Apple, though, this also has something to do with something we've talked about as Apple started to win awards, that producers, uh, right now, if you're a content creator, you're getting money thrown at you from a variety of places. You're going to look and right. say, well, will my movie do better on Netflix or Apple TV Plus? Right. Uh, guess what? TV Plus, right? They're, they're, they're right. behind you. They're probably offering similar the, amounts of money, if not and, more. Well, and it's the money to you, but it's also you're looking. This is a stepping Promotion. stone. So you want to, you yeah. want the money for the production. Like yeah. how many are you getting? Seventy five thousand dollars a minute? Or are you getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars a minute? Or are you getting a million dollars a minute? You're like those are the all things that they're. Jason, you covered you this. Know, you have a podcast in the streaming. Uh, yeah, downstream at yeah. Really FM, and yeah. and yeah, it's true. And I also I did for years. I did a podcast with Tim Goodman uh, from the Hollywood Reporter, and we Love talked him. about this a lot because he talked to the. 
the creators of this. And, you know, it is two things, right? It's the money. And it's also, there's also ego. And it's a little bit of both. And, you know, if Netflix is going to offer you way more money than somebody else, but you feel like nobody, like your your show is not, or movie is not going to get promoted, or it's going to get promoted for literally a day. And then no one's going to hear It'll about it buried. again for maybe a yeah. year. Yeah. And, and, and so, okay, I'll take the money, whatever. But I think what ends up happening if you're a creative person in Hollywood is you start to talk to your agents about calibrating that like where do you want to be where do you want your stuff to be promoted because it's not just about the money you get this time it's about the money you get potentially next time right Right. and so i think apple tv plus is an interesting example one of the reasons apple wants to win awards for its shows and movies is because of ego sure and because it makes them feel like they're legitimate but it It, also makes the creative talent who wants who they're trying to woo mm -hmm. feel like oh "Oh, if i go to apple i'm not going into a black hole Mm -hmm. apple had a best picture winner apple had ted lasso which swept the emmys apple has done really well in getting their because there are fewer shows and movies for them to promote they make more of an effort for each one of them and if the money is even comparable i think you go with that and all of the streamers have to compete on that level too of making well, the visibility of the stuff um because if you just uh, netflix writes you a check and then it gets thrown in the pile and nobody knows that it's even there like that's good for your bank account but it's not good for your next gig isn't that the decision scorsese made he went to netflix did the irishman i think it kind of sank without a trace and now he's where is he's he at apple right he i can't remember yep. where he's yeah next project yeah. is with apple yeah so right there, in a nutshell, there's the story. Uh, I think the long term, I know Apple's year-over-year services only went, only went up 12% uh, this year. And, and that's important because Apple really has said this is financially where we want to really put all our chips. I still think the long-term uh, benefit to them is going to be great. And if you are going to be in a crunch where people have to reduce subscriptions, the Apple One subscription seems like a no-brainer, right? One thing, yeah, it's, you get it's all really that stuff. Easy. It's like Amazon like Prime. Prime. Yeah. Like Prime. They're yeah. playing yeah. a different game from everyone yeah. else. They've got yeah. a bundle, yep. and they're, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff, and they're really concerned about their ecosystem rather than any one specific thing. You know, Netflix needs to make money on Netflix, and HBO uh, Max needs to make money for Warner Brothers Discovery, right? Like, they, And then there's Apple yeah. and Amazon who are like, you know, we'll throw it all in a bundle, and, mm-hmm. y- you know, the, the value proposition is entirely different because you know like i don't use apple news but it's in my apple one bundle and every now and then i'll use it to read a wall street journal article or somebody gets prime and you know they're they're for the shipping but then they get lord of the rings and it's just they're not playing the same game as everyone else i i I call it the the kaiser sose model because it's, <laughs> wait you know, a minute. You know, you know, okay, wait a minute. Now I'm trying to think. Okay, the, uh, he, always, he always paid you more than the job was worth. He's always, he always uh, paid you more than because he was always making money on some other deal. <laughs> you know, like he was always. It was never like a straight on. Like I'm going to buy something well, and sell it with for a markup. It's always like it's it's aggregated across that, a whole bunch of things. That is exactly what it is. And in fact, something that we also talked about recently, Leo, is that the Apple rumored to do more sports rights. We did. They got the MLS. Yes. They might get uh, NFL Sunday ticket. And it's it is the Kaiser Soze model, which is you know the NFL could do their own Sunday ticket. Uh, they've already got a product called NFL Plus. They could roll it in there and charge for it. It would all be direct. The mo- there'd be no middleman to come right to them. But they don't do it because there's somebody else out there who's playing a totally different game and right. they're willing to pay more than it's worth because it's Apple or Amazon and those are not coincidentally the two companies that are rumored to be bidding for NFL Sunday ticket. And and in that other game, getting eyeballs from people who watch the NFL in America is worth more than the money they give them for it. And so and that, it's well, hard to compete with with Amazon and Apple for stuff like that because they're not and, playing the same game. And if Apple ends up with NFL, 
and then they get to use MLS as a proving ground for high frame rate um, uh, uh, AR VR. Ooh. Like you know, MLS is a is a pro- I believe that taking over all of MLS is going to be great for MLS. Major it's also League be Soccer, which is the U.S. Right. Uh, US league. football yeah. league. So Major League yeah. Soccer. We have, we have a soccer league in America. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're right. And Actually, may... and Alex, I'm glad you mentioned that because right. that's one of the things. I know the deal came in very late and there was uh, a lockout in baseball, but their yeah. Friday Night Baseball deal, that's one of the things that disappointed me about Friday Night Baseball and that I hope maybe over the off season they will put more uh, money into, which is, I'm disappointed in it technologically. I feel right. like Apple could do a lot more to but, push, you know, 4K, and, a higher frame rate, um, right. and, and changing it to not feel like it's just a cable TV baseball broadcast imported into Apple TV Plus. Well, and the problem and they, though, they is haven't done that yet. Because because they're working with other broadcasters, they're not the only ones owning that game. For MLS, actually, that's not game. that's that's not true. Uh, Friday they, Night they Baseball, those, those aren't they own aren't those games. Else. They aren't okay. anywhere else. They're being, but they're being and produced by MLB Network. That's and the they're problem. Producing right. them they're produced by MLB. On cable. That's they, the yeah. problem. If Apple comes in and says, okay, now we're going to use a different kind of camera, yeah. higher frame rates. You know who's 4K. doing that sort of is USFL. Have you watched any of the U.S. Football League uh, games? USFL, they've got drone shots. They yeah. have actually a drone in the That's huddle. That's not dangerous at all. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but it, I guess it, they got helmets. It gets you excited about the potential, is, and that's what yeah. you're saying. Well, and I think that and, that's and it, exactly right. And then suddenly, Apple is delivering something on their platform because everybody in sports is looking at 120. So, like, there was a tent in Japan, and you know, at the, at the you know, J- the Japanese are really interested in 120. They, 120 frames there, per second. You're talking about, and they were viewing. Uh, parts of the sports in 120 frames per second, 8K, you know, HDR on these it's huge stunning. screens. It's stunning. And it just looks like a window. I didn't see it, but I... But you can't it deliver it, it over cable or over satellite. You have to but stream you it. Can, but you can stream it. Yeah. You and, stream and, it. Yeah. So you can... Now, if only you had an Apple TV with a chip that was able to do 120, which already is in the, the last one that came oh, out. Oh, wow. So, so, so it's all there, and all Apple has to do, I mean, is is uh, turn it on. Yeah. And, so the, and so you could end up with this. And then... What happens when you start, uh, you know, during the game, there's VR and AR opportunities. There's all kinds of other things for glasses. There's all kinds of things that they can start doing. That It's just anytime you work with a broadcaster who's already doing it or a company that's already done it, they have a machine. It is so hard. I mean, I do this all the time <laughs> is work with them. It's so hard to get in because they get paid to have it sort of do, you know, to do the thing. And they don't want to change a lot of things and you know, oh, I, we do 1080i. <laughs> like, 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 let's, let's let's just stick with 1080i. You know, and getting to 1080p is a big deal. Let alone 4K for these productions. And now, Amazon has gotten to 4K on, I think 4K 60 on for the Thursday night games. But the, um, but and you know, and then you have to build the whole pipeline. You have to have all the things that Apple has to be able to do this to innovate. To innovate the way sports is covered, you have to have. The devices you have to have the transport system you have to have you know the contracts so apple is like slowly tying all these bits together to you know arguably the most valuable re- real estate on tv which is live because live is still something you have to you know you can't skip the ads because there's just you can you can walk out or whatever but but otherwise they're there apple's you, deal with the major league soccer uh, starts next year and it's for 10 years yeah, and it's one hundred percent exclusive. It's, and it's everything. And are, it's everything. They are producing with yeah. the league. They're producing every and game. It won't yeah. be some somewhere else. So they can really push. So you've got to figure this is unlike the Friday Night Baseball. This really, I think you're right, Alex. Is the opportunity for Apple to shine and show? They it. have well, a lab for the next ten years. They, yeah, that that no one's going to complain about because 
MLS wasn't getting that much coverage. Right. They, they weren't getting that much TV distribution. They're going to be in it. They're going to be. It's exposed. actually going to make me want to subscribe to MLS. Oh, right? oh absolutely. Well, well, it's going to come with your. Oh, it comes with Apple TV. You won't Plus. have to subscribe. No additional cost. Yeah. I, I bet. I bet. No, that's I bet not true. Gonna that's in, not true. They're, 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 they're actually going to have free extra. games. They're going to have games that okay. are for Apple TV Plus subscribers. But to get okay. everything, it's going to be like a channel, a package uh, where you have to buy in. Or if you're an MLS. Season ticket holder, I think you get a yeah. Free. You get you but actually get an Apple deal. One account if you're an. But like if you did that with ML, if you did that with MLB or NFL, people would be out with pitchforks and and torches, you know, because they're taking away their thing and putting it on Apple TV. But with MLS, it's going to just expand that market dramatically for soccer and. and it's brilliant sure. for MLS because they need that yeah. kick in the butt, and it's yeah. brilliant and for it gives Apple. Apple. Yeah, and first year may just be them figuring out how to do it, so we may right. not see any of right. the things I just talked about. But I bet you, as long as they have somebody. Who can yeah. say, go, 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 I'm sure go. they've got that guy on. Andres Cantor probably is on tap for that. <laughs> but yeah, I hope they do that with baseball too because they only do two games a week. It's, and uh, Friday Night year, Baseball, they have the, very they have the opportunity very disappointing. to do something that doesn't look like every my, other baseball game. If they get out from under MLB though, right? If it, they got to start producing it themselves. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, although MLB Network could probably still produce it for them. You probably want to hire somebody who actually knows how to do this kind of production. Commentary. But, you know, but push, push <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, that would help too. Yeah. Push them further. Yeah. That's the, a, the commentary is so bad on Friday. I I, I turn it on and I go, yeah. Do you guys did you guys ever that, play baseball? Like I'm not sure if you played Alex, or, that is that is state of the art for national baseball broadcast right now, unfortunately, is it's like a podcast that happens at a baseball game. And <laughs> if you watch ESPN Sunday night baseball, you'll, it's the it's the exact oh. same thing and it's really too bad. They it's like it's like national baseball broadcast. They think that nobody who watches watches a national baseball be- broadcast likes baseball, so they have to distract them with other stories so and stuff. TV. And I don't get it. That's I so don't TV. get it. But you know what you TV do? Either. You fire up your TuneIn Radio Pro. You get the local yeah. play-by-play guys so who, who here's are always the, great because they're homers. Here's the thing about MLS, and they haven't done this with MLB, and they should, but with M- these MLS games, they've said they're going to do um, local radio oh. as an additional audio. And oh. that's, a, that's one of those ideas, right? You're streaming. Oh, yeah. You can have that kind of control. I don't know why Friday Night well, Baseball, maybe it's a rights totally thing, but they should, the, they should roll in the local radio for Friday Night Baseball. And the funny thing is, is that that audio, that audio at at basketball and football, everything else, that, that audio is available at the stadium. I mean, it's like plug in, plug out because they're there, yeah. right, right there covering it. All you got to do is get the feed and you can, you can just draw it the right in. The big problem with crazy. baseball is it's such an old-fashioned game and people who are baseball fans are such traditionalists that well, you don't want to f- mess with it too much. But but what I would you, say is you, you don't have to do mess with it. The, the, the thing is, is that if you get Really good commentary. The, the great thing about oh, you got to have good commentary. I grew, but I'm saying you're I not going to have somebody in the chat was saying you need black light baseballs. No, you you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> the the, the thing is, is that freak. If you get people who really know the game, um, and and they're commentating between baseball is really great because it's so slow in the sense that you can fill it with the reason the commentary is more important for baseball exactly. than any other game. Yes. maybe cricket. Mm-hmm. Is is the <laughs> is that they're both really slow? There's a lot of time between yes. plays, and so there's all you this like I, you know, I grew up. There, I grew you know? up in in my my father and his his best friend. They could literally give you the starting lineup from 1955 until yeah. The, yeah. you know 1975, like literally all of them, and they'd sit there and talk about what all this means and all this da 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 da. da. And it was like this: the game just blew by because I could barely exactly. keep up with all the information. It's really interesting, but you need yeah. but and, and we've given up on those kinds of commentators that 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 are that are giving you pa- what, what I, I don't want them to. do. They don't yeah. need to do crazy things. They just need to pack it with information. Yeah. So between I, those things. I, I want to push back on on that a little bit. I think that one of the challenges local broadcasts do that 
national broadcasts tend not to. I do think it's a lack of imagination on the part of the networks who are afraid. Blame uh, again, TBS. Afraid, blame afraid TBS. people don't like baseball. <laughs> Jack Buck, uh, it's all his fault. And, and I wouldn't even blame the announcers because you know what? Some of those announcers are really good. They could be good. But yeah. they are being told right. what kind of show. Like Hunter Pence does Apple's West Coast games. And he recently sat in on some Giants games. Yeah, listen. And he was great. Yeah. And yet on the national broadcast, Terrible. he's so restrained yeah. and kind of not, you, uh, you know, you it's can just not the same. those guys reading the stats cards. Well, you uh, yeah. know the guy in behind him with the statisticians behind him giving him a card. And then it's kind of, it's it just lacks well, all Well, because life. Th- that stat is sponsored by some betting yeah. company, and so they have to read it. And it's a yeah. whole thing. I mean, yeah, uh, this is not a podcast about baseball. But I, I, I think our be, larger point is, saying. wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if Apple in any of these places where they get could to innovate. control everything well, yes. should actually and, make it look like it could only be on Apple and TV? You, and, and you look at and you look at like the NFL. I mean, they spend years on every new camera, every new thing. You'll see it just you'll see something like sprinkle into like those the goalpost the the um, the the pylon cameras were being used without being yeah. without making it to broadcast for two or three years yeah. before they put them in. They're constantly pushing that out outside yeah. envelope. And those those games you watch a Sunday night football game, done. which is kind of the the best live sports you can I see, agree. in my opinion. Like yeah. it's just so packed with production quality the that there's just they you've got people totally explaining what's happening they're explaining how it works they're sh- they're writing over top of the the screen they're doing all those other things and it just it 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 deepens that whole experience and i think apple could keep on going with that and add vr and add other things and add, and, and again i i do think i agree with you jason i think that i mean why make something lukewarm when you can make it great for the people who are excited about it and let them i don't yeah. know who, why why would you watch baseball if you didn't like it yeah we always said that on tech tv like. tech tv there, there was always this push to make it more appealing to people who don't like tech and it's said well, well why would you do that's that? nuts why would you why do that? yeah so i want to i want to throw some praise on a on a service that has been demeaned while we're talking about this peacock got an exclusive game this year that's a sunday morning game and they put a uh they put a broadcast group together for it where it's jason benetti who is one of the very best baseball broadcasters he's a white Sox mm-hmm. broadcaster and he has been doing espn just got hired by fox actually and you'll see him in the postseason for fox as well great guy his his broadcast is him paired with two people who are experts from each team oh. uh, either a play-by-play or commentator or somebody oh, else who is around the team and so it's you get a really good announcer and two experts because part of baseball's appeal is the narrative around like the the, the very long season and a 162 games and all of that. And I think the Peacock Sunday morning broadcast has actually been really good. And it's uh, that would be more of a model, I think, maybe and, that uh, Apple should play with. And, and the thing that, you know, we, I did a bunch of live streams, about 25 basketball games. Um, and one of the things that we did is we took an ex-player from the team that we were covering and a social media person who really knows basketball and really likes that team and it was unabashedly you know just be homers that that's okay and yeah. and the thing is is that and it was awesome because and and and, and it also there was no rules so that was like he shouldn't have done that and that was a like on his own team like that was a dumb move <laughs> and, and talking through it but someone who had been there and then someone else who could hold the hold the space and then we gave him a telestrator and all this other stuff and it was um you know and i was like i'd much rather watch this than any broadcast that i honestly think some of it is also a, t- a dearth of talent there there's so many games now. A lot now. of players. 
There's, there's a lot so of players that know a lot of things. Yeah, you but know, you like know, a Vin Scully, a really talented play-by-play guy. You got to match them up. You get, those you gotta, those guys, the thing is, I no. think they're not enough of them. I really like, no. You, there's there's 30 teams, and you could probably name about 20 broadcasters who are at that level. Yeah, maybe well, thir- maybe 30. But I again, know a little bit three. about this. I was good friends <laughs> with the Giants uh, guy Hank Greenwald for years because I worked at the Giants yeah. radio station, and his son uh, Doug Greenwald. Doug who has been working his way up. You start in single-A ball, and you sell ads, and you do the play-by-play, and he's been working. As We went to Syracuse, where all the great play-by-play guys go. And it's really hard to get to be a, a, a Vin Scully so or Hank Greenwald. That's a tough thing. What, when, you're, think, when you're behind the scenes, you realize it's insane data, like how much data that's coming at yeah. you that you have to call out and make it all work. But there's and someone's a, talking there's your some ear and, ineffable skill. And then you have to sound calm. There, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's just some, and and it's got storytelling and it's a love of the game. And it's, there's some yeah. skill. It's just, uh, you know, and, and the and the greats in all sports, you know, are, are you can you can name them because they're so great. So, yeah. By the way, Apple, Luca Maestri did announce has 860 million paid subscriptions across its services. Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, Apple News, iCloud. That is And the a, App Store. And the that App actually Store. includes all App Store subscriptions. They consider their subscriptions. Oh, well, that doesn't... Oh, never mind then. But it grows. It, it's a big number that keeps getting bigger. It's and a that's big the number. Point. That's why they say it is, is it is a big number that keeps growing and so when you're looking at services please be aware that apple is building its subscriber base yeah. incrementally yeah. all the time and and i can see now why apple's really focused on services as being the revenue growth uh tool because they've you know you can all you know especially if you can't get enough parts to make enough macbooks to sell them well, it's uh, just super stable like just it's, monthly yeah it's like, like you go to salesforce.com or whatever it's like yeah it's, it's just there's so a, let's take a break but when we come back i want to talk about what happened with wearables because that is interesting. I mean, maybe you're right, Alex. People just don't need to buy them every year. I don't. I don't know. Alex Lindsay, Jason Snell, Andy Anako. We are talking Macintosh and baseball. Andy, you recommended that Ron Shelton book, The Church of Baseball. I've been listening to that about the making of Bull Durham. Oh, <laughs> yep. what a good book! What it makes me. It makes me love baseball all over again. Our show today brought to you by Mac. Break Weekly brought to you by today, Zip Recruiter. You know, in your life, think about it. Just a little uh, tip of the hat, a nod, a salute to the people who make your life easier. You know, you know those, you know who that is. People you just, what would I do without them? Your partner, maybe your friend. If you're lucky enough to have a personal assistant, your PA. It's uh, like if you need to grow your business, Zip Recruiter can be that essential partner. They make hiring so much easier because they do the work for you. And you can try it for free now at ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak. ZipRecruiter, we've used it. We use it uh, to hire people all the time because uh, it, there's a couple of things we love. One, you're going to reach out to the largest number of people possible, post to more than 100 job boards and social sites so that more people are going to see your listing. But don't worry. They're not going to flood your inbox or overflow your phone voicemail because it all goes into the ZipRecruiter interface where it's very easy to screen and rate and hire the right person fast. And then, then, and this is the magic, ZipRecruiter's technology will actually take a look at your job requirements and find the right candidate for your job from their own massive collection of almost a million active resumes. They're out there. They'll actually give you the, the names and you can invite your top choices to apply. That's why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Number one rated hiring site. 
based on G2 ratings as of this year, okay? Number one, and I'd agree, it's the one we use. The hardest thing you have to do is remember the special URL to try ZipRecruiter free. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash MacBreak. Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash M-A-C-B-R-E-A-K. Thank you, ZipRecruiter, for supporting us, for helping us hire the right people fast, and for thanks to all of you for uh, letting them know you use it by going to that, uh, or that you listen to us by going to that URL, ZipRecruiter.com slash Mac break. You know, I'm thinking I am on last, not, not, I'm on a, not a seven, a six, Apple Watch six. Although I have to say, because of all the, see, see you're right. I haven't, I didn't feel any need to upgrade. Although now, because of all the rumors about this year's Apple Watch, maybe I will. Uh, is that why uh, wearable sales are down? I think it's that the, a, uh, wearables, Go ahead. I, I think that Apple's having a harder time convincing people that this new thing is way, way better than the thing you've got on your wrist right now. And I think that's a casualty of the fact that we don't spend a lot of time on our watches. We spend a lot of time on our phones. We spend a lot of times uh, looking at the pictures we take on our phones, wishing that, gosh, wish that, wish that camera were better. We spend a lot of time uh, on our laptops, and suddenly we're doing a lot more video conferencing, and we wish this, this handled uh, uh, live streaming a lot better, and that's a failure point. Watches continue to work until the battery pillows out and explodes out the screen at which point you are very amenable to buying a new watch other than that unless app until apple comes out with an amazing new sensor uh, and the fda approves the use of that sensor for something that will uh, make you the star of yet another apple i was i was about dead and then the vis- the a hollow a, 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 a ghost force version of steve jobs elevated in front of me and told me to go to digama and then han solo saved me unless until they can do that again, I don't think there are, there aren't a whole lot of elbows in the ribs saying, "Hey, buy upgrade, upgrade, get a new watch." Get a new yeah, watch. yeah. This is not. I mean, that's always been the case. But if you look at year over year, thanks to Jason Stell's findsixcolors dot com graph, year over year wearables revenue change, it's been positive every quarter until this quarter where it was down eight percent. Apple ascribes this. They say that this is the place where they felt like the economy, the macroeconomic conditions right now really were most visible. And I think that goes to what you said, which is in times where you're questioning what your budget is for technology purchases, one of the more expendable things might be wearables, home and accessories, which is the full name of this category that in the accessory market and in an Apple Watch or AirPods or a HomePod or whatever, that that's a place where, you know, you okay, I'm going to buy the computer, but I'm not going to upgrade or buy a new accessory. And they said, like, in contrast, the iPhone showed no signs of the economic climate. But wearables... Which is they, weird. They think it absolutely did. it's well, much I, more expensive than any of those things you just mentioned. Yeah, but more important, right? More, more necessary in yeah. a lot of ways to have your smartphone with you than it is to get a new watch or uh, upgrade your, your pods or anything you want and, to do. And I do find that, that until I had COVID and I, had needed, I was interested in my blood oxygen level or whatever um there's not that much that that i use that i couldn't use in the last three or four versions like i am i use the stopwatch all the time (laughs) you know know, so i use the you know so the timers or whatever not stopwatch but timers um i have gotten somewhat attached to the exercise thing like hey you're now walking are you taking a hike you know and that kind of thing but but outside of that i have to admit it's mostly for time and i really like all the time that options that i have in my little thing but once i got to that i don't know like i'm kind of curious like what are they going to add that would have me need and i went two or three years without upgrading because i was just kind of like well this is doing the thing 
So I think it's, it's it's a crazy thing that we've gotten into the habit where it looks sounds weird that people aren't buying a new watch every year. Um, Apple was smart, though. They made sure that the, the AirPods battery was not replaceable, so you'd have to buy one every other year. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, what Do we know what proportion uh, in the wearables category each product represents? We don't know. No. I mean, I'm sure there's an analyst who's made an estimate of it, but they, yeah. they don't disclose that except in the vaguest of, of words where they'll say, oh, Apple Watch well, did well or AirPods did well. They don't talk right. about it. And I don't know if it's affected it at all, but I know that a growing number of people, including me, have become really frustrated with the pairing <laughs> like with with i mean when when we first got the airpods it was it was like magic like you open it up and it just worked now it's like i don't you know like i have a phone opened i'm trying to make a phone call that's probably the device i want you to talk to and it's just not connecting you know like an and, and then i had one that said it's, I, I couldn't get it to connect, so I finally reset that thing, and then it said, you don't own these. And then I had to figure out how to get past the <laughs> you don't own these thing. And and so the thing is, is that whatever Apple has done to try to make this smoother or whatever, it is not smooth. That's interesting. And yeah, it is, it is really, big it's been really point. painful. And it was a big selling yeah, point, something. and I get frustrated by it all the time. And now I have a lot of devices. I have multiple phones. I have iPads. I have f- computers. But I'm only using one of them. And especially the, the part that I get frustrated about is really... The I'm holding a phone, making a phone call. This is the one that I want. Oh, to that drives on. me nuts. You know, like it's yeah, like that's I'm actually not why I else. don't use AirPods. Yeah, and yeah, and 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 I moved. You know, I, I recommended it a couple of weeks ago, but you know, I moved to the the uh, the shocks open open comms because yeah. The aftershocks open comms because um, number one is that it, it's only paired to one phone and it just works every time I turn it's it on. It's dumb. It's not smart it's enough to say, oh, I don't you want to use want this. Go you somewhere else. Yeah, no, just stay with also. Also, I, I, uh, it's got a, it's got a um, little boom, and my the folks on the other side of the call say they can barely hear anything else other than that. It's way better than the than the AirPod Pros. Nice. And so, I mean, right. we tested it head to head, and it's just night and day. And so, I want people to actually be able to hear me on the other side, regardless of how convenient it is. And and so, I started. I, you know, I moved away, and I and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to see something pretty great to move back to the AirPods, to be honest. Yeah, so suddenly that that headphone jack's looking pretty cool, I isn't it? I love my uh, headphone jack. Dagnabbit. I still have one in my bag. Wire. I always have one in my bag because I have a, I have a, I have the little adapter and I have headphones and that that's my ripcord because you know. Yeah. yeah. Um I've had a weird problem. Maybe you guys can help me. <laughs> For some reason, and this happens over and over. Lisa says it happens to her too. I cannot swipe up on the Apple Watch. And the only fix, I've tried all the uh, online fixes, turn haptics on and off and all that stuff. The only fix is to do a complete reset. Has anybody experienced, is that just me? This is the Series 6, not a Series I haven't 7. I have that problem. I can't swipe up or down, which really kind of limits the usefulness of the Apple Watch, I'll be honest with you. I can still hit the stem and get to the apps, but I can't swipe down to see notifications, and I can't swipe up to, you know, put it in Do Not Disturb or things like that. It, that's, so that's just, maybe it's just I got a bad one. I don't, know. I don't know. That's weird. Okay, no, nobody ever heard of that, huh? Hmm. hmm. Chat room. Anybody ever hear of that problem? <laughs> I'm trying to get a little extra help here. All right, moving. I think, uh, right I along. think there's a movie where the person realizes finally in the third act realizes, oh my god, I must be dead. It's not. It's not a broken watch. It's just that <laughs> I, my my skin no longer conducts. Oh, maybe that's it. Capacity. Maybe I'm dead. I see dead people. Or, or look look on the bright side. You could be one of the undead. <laughs> I must be one of the undead. 
Thanks for the bright side. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm very much a glass of blood half full kind of guy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, anything else to uh, say about the, uh, the uh, you know, overall quarter? It was a good quarter. Apple's, Apple probably is going to do okay. Apple's going to survive. <laughs> doing okay, yeah. Yeah. It's not over. Yeah, Apple's okay. They're going to be fine. Okay. It's going to be yeah. Okay. For, for all of you who grew, who lived through the '90s and and thought every quarter that might be the end, it's, that's it's, true. It's, it's going yeah. okay. They got they oh, yeah. did they got to within one quarter, I think of. Yeah. I, will, I will say that reading to me the most interesting part is is always the the call uh, where, as Jason indicated, that they have to answer questions and if they don't answer truthfully, people go to jail. And I thought that reading through it a couple times, it seemed like. A very, very defensive, hmm. reserved. I'm not. I've got a script in front of me. No matter what question is asked of me, I'm going to respond to the script. I am not going to mm-hmm. be broader. I'm going to be completely focused. Almost every question there was an opportunity to mention a new product or a new update that they did uh, a couple months ago. Whereas this is usual. Not that. Not that uh, CEOs are going to be so undisciplined. They're going to start freestyle rapping during a call with analysts, but they were absolutely tight butted to in a way that I've never seen them before. Even even when someone even when one analyst threw Tim a, a softball about augmented reality, expecting him to essentially be coy and hinting and excited, he said, "Well, we're very very excited that we've got 11, over 11,000 AR kit supporting apps in the App Store that of course are running on the iPhone and iPad. Beyond this, we have no other comment." It's like, "Ooh, these it's it's almost as if they were like we have a we have a very specific goal here we want to avoid disaster this is a trend that's been going on for a while now i i didn't actually think this was different from the last three or four they used to be way more freewheeling and what has happened is first off they've taken up they now take up about half the time of this hour of this call which again like when do you get a q a with apple executives ever even though these aren't journalists they're financial analysts but still when well they started filling up the first half hour of the hour with the ceo and cfo reading from prepared statements you can literally hear (laughs) the paper pages turning as they read them because i'm there transcribing it all you can hear them i've emailed them i've said can you just send me that so i don't have to transcribe <laughs> it a lot and, of then, time. and then the q a yeah andy is exactly right that was i try i write a macro column about this every every quarter and one of the things i try to do is give like little little head nods to the analysts who try things so like the guy who tried to ask about uh, app tracking transparency like good job Tim Cook completely ignored the question. Very politician-like answer where he named two other things that were sort of related, didn't connect them, and then moved on. And then, yeah, absolutely, Ben Bolin, the analyst, asked about AR and VR, did it in a clever way where he said, "Uh, just, you know, progress in your existing products, just like trying to trick them or something. And (laughs) Tim Cook's response was, yeah, he talked about AR kit. And then at the end, he did say... We're always exploring new and emerging technologies, but I wouldn't want to say anything about that, which I took to be like a wink. Like, everybody knows, Tim. Everybody knows. And Tim knows that everybody knows. But, but yeah, they're super disciplined. They've cut the Q&A time to half, and they never really... There are details in there that are interesting that you can glean, but they're, it's, it's a fraction of what was there even in like a year, that's year good. And a half. I mean, that's yeah. good messaging management. I mean, that's what they, they're yeah. supposed to do. I mean, it's not fun for us, but it's what they're supposed it's not, to do it's not Did they and, say and, and, anything and, and, about the car pro- project titan anything at all about the car <laughs> no no strangely no no but, they're, <laughs> but, they're, but let me tell you again about how much money we give to developers so yeah it's yeah, yeah, great yeah they do a lot see, that, that, they're just very on message yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that's, that's what job. annoyed me 
I said, well, uh, we, we noticed that we just got a, that an hour before this call uh, that three quarters of the uh, of the campus is on fire and there are alien spaceships above that. Uh, could you let us know if this is going to affect productivity for the next quarter? Like, well, we're really focused on the new spatial audio features of uh, mm-hmm. the new AirPods and how they're opening a brand new, like, yeah, okay. We believe it, privacy it just, is just, a human right and that does not apply to aliens. So. Speaking of spatial, I've been, meaning, <laughs> I've been meaning to ask you uh, this, uh, Jason, you're using iOS 16. Have you tried the thing where you take a picture of your ear? Yeah, I tried it. Does it work? I, I mean, it said it did. I, I, I see. <laughs> I've I hear seen no some people difference. say it makes a big difference. I have heard no difference. I, I, I haven't tested deeply, but I did have it take pictures of my ears the other day, which was weird. Um, it's using this, sp- that- this spatial... Uh, Front camera, the the depth sensor to yeah, do that. It is. Radar. It's trying to map the inside of my ear, I guess, and do that. I haven't noticed any difference in how my AirPods. That's sound because now, your but, ear is more normal. I bet if somebody had a cavernous ear or a teeny weeny know. ear, it might make more. Of it. My I ears are pretty small. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I know. I, I think it's brilliant because, and I'm only half joking here. Audiophiles. I mean, the audiophiles oh, are go the for capital anything. Uh, Yeah, I mean they, yeah. they they are so easy to convince or to help them convince themselves that whatever I, stupid silly thing has made the the audio better for them and i'll i'll be fair and say okay maybe at this point your your audio the quality of the audio hardware and software they're using is so high that any difference is going to be notable noticeable and appreciated but i but if uh, i'm sorry if you've got little cross bucks keeping the the intercon the interconnects from your speakers off the ground because oh the impedance <laughs> the impedance i i, I, I feel think- as though i feel as though it'll feel they'll make it'll make them feel as a wow no i'm i'm taking a picture this is this software is customized to my it's it's kind of like having custom in-ear monitors only done computationally via software. That's going to at least make them feel better about the money they spent on these. these I, I think uh, that, these I think that if, you, if you were the person that could hear the difference, so that you took a CD and took a green sharpie and went around the outside yeah. edge to keep it from <laughs> to keep light from escaping from the from the CD-ROM, uh, this the scanning is for you. That's all yeah, it's I, have, I, have, I have a histogram. Look, that proves <laughs> that this sounds better. How hard was it uh, to? So you got to get the true depth camera. Looking it's like doing idea, face ID. Way, it's literally, it's face it's ID. It's literally the face ID you training. Your head uh, so it's, it gives you a little circle. You're supposed to put yeah. your ear in it. You're supposed to move your head around. It beeps when you're ready to go to the other ear. It's basically ear ID. Uh, and yeah, again, there actually theater. somebody back in Cupertino is turning on the camera every time you do that and just laughing at you. <laughs> Little alert, new person. At what, at what, at what point has some? At what conference room has someone said, "What if we tell people that nasal cavities increase resonance, and if they put these special nose plugs in, it will actually give you give them better presence, stage presence." You just like I bet we can get them to do that. You, I bet we cost eight hundred dollars for these plugs. <laughs> You just need you just need uh, someone on TikTok to show how it works. And, and, yeah. and, uh, oh, there you go. Again, I'm sure there are already. <laughs> see, and now and now here's the histogram that I made after putting the, the nose plug in, and I've, as you can see by the histogram. <laughs> Too bad there isn't a better search on TikTok because I'd like to search for things like that. That, that'd be handy. <laughs> Apple did hire uh, an executive from Lamborghini to work on its electric car. <laughs> Apple's like the heck. The heck was fifty thousand dollars cars. Let's just make self driving. We don't need poor cars. people work. in our in our, in our stores. It doesn't have to be street legal, does yeah. it? Okay. All right. All right. Like 
Everybody get your Lamborghini jokes out now, because I we think the most to. interesting thing is what part of what was he in charge of at Lamborghini? And the answer is the chassis, including handling, suspension, steering, brakes and rims. This is a nitty gritty car hardware guy. And yeah. if Apple hired him, that, like that doesn't strike they're, they're me buying. as a guy you hire if you're just working on some. Software, no, that's right? a car guy. This is, yeah, this is, this a, is a nuts and bolts. Yeah, guy. this is hardware. Yeah. Luigi Taraborelli. He's 20 year well, veteran of uh, Lamborghini. He's got the name. Hey, Luigi, why you got to Apple now? That that, that name says to me that that electrical system will be total crap. (laughs) (laughs) He designed the Urus, the Huracan, and the Aventador. Aventador. In addition to more limited models like the Huracan Sterato off-road vehicle and the Asterian concept car. Hmm. But... You're right. He's a ch- head of chassis and vehicle dynamics. That's exactly what you That's, need if you're going to build a yeah. vehicle, right? Yeah. But, but uh, my uh, at this point, I, I've felt I've fielded so many stories from the outside, so many rumors from the inside that I'm not 100% convinced that Apple has any specific plan. And mm-hmm. uh, and when when I hear about a hire like this, that's absolutely correct, and it's it's important to know what this person is what this person did in his previous job and what they might bring to an Apple Car project. But it might and it might indicate that yes, they are definitely building a real car, or it might indicate that again, they don't really know what they're doing. They want to get as much expertise as possible, and this is another person who got. Uh, this is another person who will. Who got the really great slide deck? Who really? Who got the really great presentation? Uh, and and two years is going to be leaving because but whatever they came I mean, to do, they didn't get to do. Not only are these people expensive, you have to lure them away from. He's been there right. for twenty years. Uh, but right. also, what kind of weird environment must it be to have all these really talented engineers coming to work? If there's nothing to work on, I mean, it's got to be. Well, it's not. I mean, when you're in R&D, though, it's not that there's nothing to work on. It's sometimes way more fun, you know, for the for the because it's all blue sky. In, I, I remember talking to someone at at um, talking to someone at Microsoft, and they were in a team that wasn't releasing anything. They were just they were at Microsoft to test this. This was actually Photosynth, right? You know, and and they had no interest in like the team had no interest in getting a released product because like then they'd have to support it you know like like but they were having a fun time and they were yeah. building great technology and they were doing all this stuff personal, personal well, I, don't know. I, mean, I think a lot of people want to have a product come out i remember working for ziff davis for four years so-called you know working on their television division and even being told we would go down to gina smith and i would go down to mgm and hang you know, we had offices at mgm studios and being told by my boss, oh, yeah, we have no intent of doing anything or any business with them, but just we want you to go down there and, and do that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was demoralizing. Well, I think it's different from a broadcast. And I think it's different, though, from being a broadcaster waiting to broadcast as opposed to a, a co- you know someone that's in doing R&D. There's a, there is kind of a fun academic thing that happens, and it's dangerous because if you're not doing something, but they, they've got cars out there. They're still doing something. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're like, building, I, yeah. I, I know, I just, I guess I would say, I, I know, I don't know anybody at Apple working on the car, but I know other people working on self-driving cars, and I don't get any impression that, that any of those engineers are in any rush to release the car. They're just having a great time with Probably a whole bunch right. of, they got a whole bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. They got a whole bunch of sensors. They got a whole yeah. bunch of things going out there. They come back, they're passionate about what they do. They love doing it. I don't get that they're no. I don't get that they 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 were that they did care like they they're just like it's a really really fun environment for them to be and they've got pool tables and you know free lunch and you know they're doing one of our chatters I won't name names works for Nokia 
And he says, I abhor having to work on actual products. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> we have to interact with customers, defend ourselves yeah. when we miss deadlines. Pure R and D is lovely. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I guess so. I don't think we do it. We do know that there's a history at Apple of, at, for a time, they, ha- they were having problems attracting the right talent because the word was out that if, you, if you're a researcher and you work for Apple, guess what? You are never going to be able to talk about any of the research you're doing. You're not going to be able to publish nearly the That's quantity true. of stuff oh, that you're expecting to publish. And part of it, and they, Apple decided to loosen the leash a little bit, but it's still not the same as working for almost any other company where you get to, you get to have, you get to have, you don't, it's, it's nice to have that block on your resume in which say, okay, so you were working at Apple for seven years. What did you do? It's nice to be able to say, well, I, I did this research, this research, here are the papers I published, and here's the stuff, as opposed to, I'm not allowed to talk about anything I did at Apple. I, I, Come to I think, think so. I think I would get... I think I have to tell you. I think I can't tell you that I, it didn't involve a mop come, uh, and a bucket. Come but, to think of it, uh, uh, what am I saying? I, I just, I, of course, I know how it's like to work on a product that never. <laughs> I am a podcaster. That's <laughs> that's in the the nature of the business. Alex, you were going to say something. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of weight. All I can say is there's a lot of weight when you can just yeah. tell someone like I worked on this and they say, "What did you do?" I can't tell you. That from, mm-hmm. especially from Apple, that's mm-hmm. like that is a, if, if they knew that you worked Ooh. in that field and they say I can't talk about that, I can't, say it. I can't tell you about mm-hmm. that. I'm you know under NDA. I'm da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. at Apple. You know, like when you come and, and again, the thing is, is if you're trying to get another job working at especially Apple, but any of the thing, you, you know, it's it's not that hard. <laughs> after after you after you you know get get through two years, three years, it's not not hard to get another job. All right. <laughs> it reminds me of the TV show Silicon Valley. Remember where they. When they didn't have any use for anybody, they 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 just went up to the roof and they sat there and had lunch. And they were still employed, but they just had a, a perpetual right. perpetual lunch upstairs. Uh, our show, we're going to take a little break. Come back with more, Alex Lindsay. Wonderful to have you from o nine o dot media and uh, office hours global from WGBH in Boston, Mister Andy Anako, Jason Snell from sixcolors.com, the master of the color graph. Our show today brought to you by. Nomad, and this is a good time to talk about Nomad. They've just introduced, I think, my favorite product. Lisa and I have two of these, the base one. They've just introduced the gold version. Now I might have to get another one. Nomad does amazing stuff. You may be familiar with Nomad. They started uh, some what, almost a decade ago. Twenty, Yeah, it was, 2012, as a Kickstarter project. Uh, they, their goal then was to build the ultra-rugged minimalist tools for the 21st century that would seamlessly integrate into your everyday carry. And for the last nine years, they have expanded into a wide range of mobile accessories, iPhone cases with beautiful Horween leather, Apple Watch straps. I love my Nomad watch straps. So it, the leather in that is is not only beautiful, but it ages so well. Wireless chargers like that incredible. Boy, that this this new charger... This base one in gold. Gorgeous. Premium wallets, passport holders with Horween leather. That's the tannery in Chicago that was founded more than 100 years ago that gives you this such beautiful leather. Smells beautiful. It feels, to the touch, it feels beautiful, but also it ages so beautifully. You get this rich patina that's unique to yours, which is also great. Wireless charging. Take a look at uh, AC adapters using these new GAN adapters. They've got 30-watt and 65-watt GAN adapters that are tiny. I think this base station is incredible. Lisa likes 
the, the, the base one because she can charge her watch and her phone at the same time, the MagSafe adapter and the watch adapter. And it's so pretty now, this gold one. It's a limited edition, though, so I'm telling you about it now, but don't waste time. They have uh, gold limited edition. They have carbide, which is one we have in silver. This is interesting because the gold is a little less expensive than the other ones. I guess it's a special deal. They marked them down. So, wow. Get on over there to uh, to nomadgoods.com slash MacBreak. You can mark it down even more. 10% off your first purchase of any Nomad accessory. And um, by the way, when you uh, when you get Nomad, you're going to get great cables or just get their cables. They, they, just like us, have realized these crappy charging cables are just so silly. So they make the best cables anywhere. Double braided Kevlar outer sheath, strong metal alloy connector housings. They are engineered for durability, heavy use. A climate neutral certified brand so you can buy feeling good about it. They, they're committed to the environment. I always like that. Nomad always is and always will be a company that prioritizes design and quality over everything else. And I think if you own Apple products, you feel the same way. And when they design new products, they use the highest quality, longest lasting materials available. Go to nomadgoods.com slash MacBreak. Promo code again, MacBreak, 10% off your first purchase of any Nomad accessory. I know what my next purchase is going to be. Look at that. Mm. Nomadgoods.com slash MacBreak with the promo code MacBreak. And this is a limited time offer, as is the base one in gold. Waste no time, young Padawan. Uh, Washington Post. Interesting uh, article. Jeffrey Fowler. Electronics are built with death dates. Let's not keep them a secret. This is this is in reference to that AirPods uh, thing I mentioned, which is that, you know, the battery's glued in, and uh, after two years, it's gone. It's gone. So he has a gadget graveyard in which he talks about a variety of different gadgets and and whether you'll be able to upgrade them. For instance, the Amazon Fire HD8 tablet. After And Amazon won't say how many recharges it can take, but whenever it's done, a year, two years, three years, that's it. There's no battery replacement that's going in the landfill. AirPods, same thing. Does anybody, are there any third parties that, I think I've seen them, that will unglue and replace? Uh, Apple's battery service just sells you a new one. Hmm. <laughs> you just get a new ear. You don't get a new battery, you just get a new one. And the other, I presume the rest goes in the in the uh, landfill. The iPhone, yes, you can you can uh, replace it. And Apple's service is, I think, fairly economical. MacBook Air, same thing. Bose QC35 headphones designed to die. Dyson cordless vacuum designed to be repaired. Fitbit charge. You could you pretty can much know which things are gonna yeah to be designed. I mean, you, to you have to you have to give a little. I, I I am so on the side of right to repair, especially when it's very very clear that. Uh, so many companies could make things easier to fix, easier to extend the life of. They choose not to, and they worse, they will give BS reasons as to, oh no, that's that's technologically impossible. You're not, you're too stupid to understand why you wouldn't want uh, a, a laptop where you could where the hinges could be replaced. But nonetheless, uh, there are certain areas in which it's gonna be, it's got to be really hard to make in ear earbuds 
easy to replace batteries or even easy to source batteries. I'll, I'll get, so I'll, I'll give companies sort of a free pass on that on limited occasions. But yeah, when you when you when any any device that has a light, any device that is a, a daily daily use computer or daily use entertainment product, it should be able to live at least five years. I'm shocked when I I mean the Nintendo Switch. Um, this is de- it's already you know my my switch is a couple of years old it's already almost ready for the logan's run carousel yeah exactly it's it's, exactly. it's little it's little jewels about to go off there isn't they yeah. don't offer a replacement of battery on it it's offensive it's offensive. offensive same thing with the the meta quest uh, 2 vr headset that you could easily have a replaceable battery in that there's just no reason yeah. not to Right. Don't just or or at the very least, don't take the handcuffs off of people who uh, enterprising uh, workshops that know how that can figure out how to replace it themselves. I mean, we the the the, the absolute hell, like the 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 the, the center of hell for uh, for hardware designers is definitely the people who manufacture and design printers. Where it becomes, we are going to make sure we're going to make sure that there is absolutely no way that you can avoid buying printer cartridges that you don't need and. And make sure you're buying them from the most expensive source possible. When you have printers that uh, it doesn't matter that you're uh, that you still got plenty of uh, of ink in the cartridge, that there is some sort of a counter that says, "Oh well, a certain time has expired. We feel as though you must have run out of ink by now, and we're going to basically force this machine not to do anything until you uh, automatically order th- directly through our own personal website this hardware." That's the sort of stuff that makes a, a co- consumers and industries hate a company. And I think that a lot of these companies are on this same route where where when you say that hey there's a uh, my uh, my laptop is five years old uh, six years old uh, it's no longer receiving uh, os updates oh and a lot of the most of the new software uh, most of the updates to the software that i have won't run on it anymore can you at least unlock the bootloader for for me so i can install something else on it nope nope it would compromise us the integrity of the computer it's much better it's much safer for you if you were to simply throw this away and buy a new one than to simply download uh, download a, a boot disk and simply make it uh, Make it into something that's still useful. That's bad. Fowler does uh, quote Kyle Weens of iFixit, who is doing his best to make these things repairable. In fact, iFixit, the chairman tells me, has a Nintendo Switch battery replacement of moderate difficulty, 21 steps. It'll take as long as two hours. So (laughs) you you better want to replace it. But at least they sell the batteries uh, for $39.99 and they... And they sell the tools that you need or might need to uh, to get it out. It is glued in, yeah. Uh, and the screws uh, Nintendo uses weird Y one Y zero zero screws. So you're going to need maybe a special tool to do that. Again, they sell it. Speaking of things dying, uh, how old is Apple Arcade? Must be about three years old because, according to Mac rumors, that's how long the deals with many Apple Arcade game. Uh, designers lasted and now these contracts are starting to expire well and and apple's letting some of them expire some of them <laughs> so they apple's don't not, care about apple is re-signing <laughs> yeah I, it's not that apple's not like they're all expiring they're all leaving apple is not is choosing not to upgrade you know or, or not to upgrade um continue the, the relationship well, i bet there's some developers though who it's say just, well maybe this wasn't a great deal for us and so yeah so i'm, I'm looking at the 15 games from uh, arcade that are uh, going to leave this this service, and no, none of them are, you know, anything we've ever heard of. Yeah, 
Not, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's yes. the answer, right? Is Apple knows exactly how many minutes these are all being yeah. played yeah. and they made their bets and th- their conception of that service. I think we talked about this when you were gone, Leo, but oh. like their conception of okay. that service has changed over the last few years. It's not what they thought it was. You know, they've made those changes with like rebuilding classics and also bringing things from the App Store and pulling them in and ha- where they're basically all paid for. And so, um, and yeah, I think some of these, they're like, oh, nobody wanted to play this. All right, well. Goodbye. Right. <laughs> I, I yeah. do feel. I feel for the fans of those games if they're because yeah, you fans won't of be able to games. play them. All it's not like them. they'll sit on there and you can still play them. Or they'll put them on the app store, but then you're going to have to buy it. Right. Uh, Apple I mean, says that if you downloaded the game the before place. it was removed from the arcade, you can continue to play it for at least two weeks. <laughs> oh, oh. <yeah. laughs> if, if you uh, thought you were going to get the high score, you better start right. You better, you better get going. Take some time. I got off. a lot of. I got to take some yeah, personal time. I got a lot of quests that I got to complete. I got. Mm. I got to find my bravery now. <laughs> yeah. It does emphasize, oh. though, that uh, especially with a subscription thing like uh, Apple Arcade, you don't own those games. Those are mm. only good until they're just, not. So just want to remind everybody that that, that uh, you know they're not canceling cricket through the ages. Have you have you played yeah. that game? Is that your favorite? So much. It's the only game I play with my son. Cricket if I'm, through if the ages. Playing, not yeah, the, just, the game it's of cricket. Totally absurd. No, it's 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 very absurd. It's dark. It's, it's about a cricket. No, it's two people hitting a ball at each other. But sometimes it's a ball, and sometimes it's a club, and sometimes it's knives, and sometimes it's oh, whips, geez. and sometimes it's a sometimes it's a dinosaur, and sometimes it's a like whoever thought of this game is. Wow, I want to meet them anyway. So, so the um, but but, but that is but one of the advantages of arcade, right? Is some of these odd indie games. I would have never bought a that shot. game, right? I would have I would have seen this game and gone, "That's the dumbest thing ever." But my son and I will spend hours sitting there playing against each other, and it's just it's total because it it has its own physics um, sim. And so, what happens is you can get into these weird things where it'll do something that you don't expect, you know, like it bounce, it, it breaks the system, and and so you get really unexpected uh, unexpected things. And it just it's and it's funny. You know, it's this funny, is it's a funny. category of gaming called wobbly gaming or something where there's another one where you're trying to walk, but you can't really unless you time it just right. This is right. like that. Yeah. It's a little yeah. you're a little oh, it's totally. ungainly. Yeah, exactly. It's very it's very ungainly. it's very frustrating in a lot of ways. <laughs> but but we have little control. You know, we have the little game controllers and we play it. And, and I think that's the only Apple arcade game I've ever played for more than about 10 minutes. So it's so you could play. It's got single player. Do you, you have play single player? It's really fun when you're playing each other, John. It's got single player. Or my kids it's got play a lot of them. Player. My kids, my kids definitely sit down and they play a lot of different games on Apple Arcade. I yeah. just don't. I, Daddy Long Legs. I remember you're right. Burke was saying Daddy Long Legs. Yeah. We uh, Megan and I were doing that on iOS today. It was just the weirdest. I mean, it's, weirdest I mean, it's like Flappy game. Bird. I mean, like Flappy Bird is like the most frustrating game ever. So is this? This is going to be pretty. Fr- I'm going to like get this mad is at not. You. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be frustrating. Okay, it's, but it's. Do you buy regular games still, or do we just do Apple Arcade all the time? It feels like Apple Arcade games are kind of different from the mainstream. Yeah. Uh, I, I Most of the games that I play on Apple devices are Apple Arcade, but that's only because of me. Because you're cheap. I, I'm... Well, it's 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 cheap, but it's uh, because they uh, because I've essentially already paid for them. I'll give them a try, and it's it's there's, it's probably going to be worth my time, and because I know that it's not going to just be hey, congratulations on the achievement that you that you did in the first eight seconds. Now here's what you can buy in order to get to the next achievement for the next twenty seconds. <laughs> I, I, I'm more of a, I'm more of a snacker when it comes to games <laughs> than someone who gets really involved for the for weeks and weeks and weeks. And so these little games like let me have fun for about ten minutes uh, or an hour or two hours are. <laughs> 
are, uh, scratch my itch. So what am I supposed to do, Alex? I'm supposed to hold you gotta it? Swing, you got to throw the ball. You got to throw, throw the ball. it. Oh, the dinosaur oh. keeps eating me. I know. You have to throw the look, Oh, there like you go. that. There you go. Like that. Yeah, but I see. Now he's... you got a bone. Oh. But no, He's doing okay. much better than you are. Yeah, who is this? There you go, throw. Snake. This is, this is the, this is the, the computer's the playing. Oh, oh. Okay, okay go ahead. Throw the, now throw the bone? Throw, throw the bone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Backwards. See. Okay, you got to throw it at the time. Throw the snake. Throw the snake. Oh, he hit me. Oh. I got to throw oh. it right when it's at the top. <laughs> yeah, you got and you got to get used to like where you can throw it's it. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. I, hit, I hit myself. I got a club. Now I got a okay. club. Okay, okay, here we go. Oh, <laughs> is she trying you to can also just run at them? You can try to run at them and just run into them too, and, and hit maybe, maybe your strategy is if, 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 if I don't she tunnels under phone. the ground and comes up underneath him. I don't. I don't know how to do it on the phone, but I, the, dude, there's, there's a lot of controls on the. Uh, I don't know if the, okay. maybe the something, okay. something must, there must be a, more this controls. Is, this is this is a winner. This this is why I like Apple Arcade. It's like this yeah. kind of like you would never somebody, if you were trying to make money in the App Store, you would never make this game. But it's so much fun. The the golf the there was another golf that game that, totally that launched that I liked a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my golf. Sort of thing. Oh my golf is, oh, my golf. is, the, is right. the classic. It's a fantastic right? game. But that's been since and, day one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good Sudoku is good on Apple Arcade. Oh, good Sudoku. Um, I like Sudoku. Well, they brought they brought uh, and and uh, Flip Flop Solitaire. They brought a bunch of those great Zach Gage games that were in the App Store commercially <laughs> that they brought in and basically said you can get it completely unlocked for free. Um, although I still get games out of the App Store too, and so Zach Gage has a new game called Not Words. That's like a crossword word game kind of thing. That that's and that's uh, you know if you don't do Apple Arcade, you can also do it on multiple platforms. So that one's on Google Play and the App Store uh. on the outside with an in-app purchase. And so you know I think everybody makes a little calibration if you're a game developer about. Do you want the whatever that guaranteed money is from Apple Arcade, or do you want to take your chances in the wider world? And it's a little bit of both. I think especially if you think of a crazy game, you're like, well, let's, let's, let's see if we can sell Apple on it. I am sorry to say <laughs> that, uh, well, let me put it this way. If you are using a dial-up modem, do not upgrade to Mac OS Ventura. Uh-oh. <laughs> Now you tell me. <laughs> Beta 4 came out, uh, Mac OS Ventura, and look what's gone. The ability to set up uh, dial-up. Um, I can't believe this was still in... This was still in it. Oh, carrier. Can you still fax? Can you fax? <laughs> oh, Faxing, I mean, at least it. people still do. I, you know, I guess there are really? people who are on AOL and they dial in and, and so forth. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm looking in Ventura now and under printers and scanners, it, if you search nice for faxing. fax, it even says fax settings, Good. add a printer, scanner, or fax. Well, that's a relief. You Actually, there's still, there are, weirdly enough. There are still... Ch- there are a lot of offices in Japan that, like, the big offices that have pretty much, like, locked down a lot of their technology f- f- into, into 20, uh, 2002, 2003, 2004. That, that it's, it's one of those – faxes are one of those things where no one uses fax until you find the one damn office that absolutely uses fax. A lot and then of you're realtors like, How the hell do I send a fax? You know, I mean, I mean there, there are weird like, remember, businesses where they still want faxes of stuff. Lots, AOL, lots of, AOL subscribers, from. guess how many? How many? 1.5 million. Yeah, and they all call my radio show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, also a lot, a lot of them don't realize they're still subscribing. They thought that right. They, they thought that right. they, they 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 thought that the, the fact that you unsubscribe five times was enough. But apparently, the cutoff is eleven before I mean, they actually will stop. Building they're still making a hundred and eighty million dollars <gasps> a year on 
dial-up. But the question is, who is they? Because who owns AOL now? Uh, I think it's Warner, isn't it? Isn't it? it was AOL Warner, or whatever. Well, that means AT&T owns it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's bizarre. Just, All right, I got a question for you, in. Jason. Why right. do you have a keyboard glued underneath your desk? Well, I know what this is about. I have a, because uh, I, I don't use Apple's keyboard, but I wanted Touch ID on my Mac Studio. So I bought an Apple Touch ID keyboard and Velcroed it to the bottom of my desk with the Touch ID button sticking all the way out at the edge of the desk so I could just reach underneath that is and so touch hysterical. my finger. And then I had now, to what do... What you use? Uh, I well right now I'm using a keychron. I'm a mechanical keyboard yeah, kind of guy. Clicky, I use clicky, clicky clacky keyboards. Yeah, yeah. But like then yeah. I had to, then I had to get software to lock out all the keys. So I I ended up with Carabiner Elements, which lets you map every key to like mouse button 32 or something like that. So basically, if I mash another key on the keyboard, nothing happens. Nothing. Uh, just that one button that I use for Touch ID. I hope one day that Apple will sell either the Magic Trackpad with a Touch ID button in it or a standalone uh, Touch ID dongle of some kind. Uh, but phone. until then, seems the like next a, best thing like is could, to just add a keyboard. Doesn't your, like phone your phone unlock? Your watch it. unlocks your Mac. You know, it would be an awesome feature if Continuity Camera also did Face ID, but it doesn't mm. do that. That's not how it works. So I have, and and actually, I got, I have an admission. I haven't written about this yet, but I did last week actually disassemble the keyboard, reduce it just down to the motherboard and the Touch ID, and now it's in a little three D printed dingus uh, <laughs> here on my desk. <laughs> now this is the other strange thing. This Keychron, you say Mike Hurley built it for you. Mike Hurley did build it for is me. He, is a, that his thing that he builds keyboards? He, he does a he does a Twitch stream where he builds keyboards. Yeah, that's what he does. He's a he's like got deep into mechanical <laughs> keyboards, and he wanted to make one for me that he thought I would like, and I do like it. It's really nice. So, so he, gets, he gets the parts from the Keychron company and then assembles. Well, Keychron sells something that's kind of hobbyist. Uh, it's it's not the high level. Like he's into the like you make a pre order and a year later your keyboard parts come. It is a you can go deep down in the mechanical keyboard. Well, yeah. I just like mechanical keyboards. They're clicky and they're fun. Me too. And he was like, oh, I'm going to make one that's, I'm going to use this Keychron. I think you'd like it. And I'm going to buy some custom switches that are like special switches. And I'm going to lubricate them. And I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to send cow. it to you. How do you get and, custom uh, keyboards by Mike Hurley? I want that. You just got to befriend Mike. Get Mike on Twit sometime. I and guess then he'll be a friend will. and all yeah. that. So I'm going to do, for those who are watching in video, if we can if we can get a little shot of this, I'm going to take my Let's webcam off. Let's go under just, the desk. Oh, there's the Keychron. There's the Keychron. That's nice. Here, oh, look. It's not under the desk anymore. It's just a little. It's so you disassembled it, and it still works. Apple didn't. nub. No, there's a, and I linked to it in my story on Six Colors. Um, there is, you can disassemble it, uh, pop off all the stuff, and then you're left with the circuit board and the uh, the ribbon cable that goes to the Touch ID sensor and the ribbon cable that goes to the Lightning port. I, some other people have done it where they've actually kept the Bluetooth antenna as well, but I didn't do that. And so I've got a little standalone. And then the guy who did it, I linked to this all in my post, but the guy who did it actually, he 3D printed something. You can download that 3D printed file. And then at that point, you can, if you've got a 3D printer, you can print it yourself. I don't, but then you can just use CraftCloud, which is, if you don't know about it, it's like a clearinghouse for 3D printers, third-party 3D printers. You upload your file there and say, here's the materials I want, and you get a bunch of bids, and you... I, for 20 bucks, a guy in Texas printed 
the little case and send it to me. And you so even pretty, do this fun. Uh, live on YouTube, uh, part of Mike's Mike did Mike Twitch did this stream. live on YouTube, and he was my inspiration. And and the guy who did this on Twitter, who talked about it, was in the chat at the time. So uh, we put it together. So I don't know if I really advise anybody to do it. You can I'm do it. Surprised it works. I would have thought Apple totally for security works. reasons would disable it because well, it, it's still the keyboard. The keyboard is there, right? The, that motherboard, that circuit that's board the whole is keyboard. the keyboard. Oh, it, right. it, the Mac thinks it's got a keyboard. What you do is you detach the ribbon cable that runs to the keys. So there are no key presses detected, yeah. but the touch ID sensor is still detected and it totally works. But again, this is ridiculous. And I just want to say, <laughs> Apple, not all of us want to use your keyboard. Your keyboard's great. It's great. It's not, it's not you. It's me. Uh, but it would be nice if you put touch ID on something else that is a standalone, either a little box with touch ID sensor in it, or might I suggest a brand new version of the magic trackpad because my hands, my fingers are already on it. That might be a good place to put it. And thousands of people tune in to watch my. Watch you, guys <laughs> you can't do get this. over it. It's chill. <laughs> I, what it, so I am. I am an old and don't understand Twitch. But what Mike tells me is the people who come to his Twitch channel on Fridays for key, Friday Keyboard Club, it, he plays kind of like chill music in the background, and 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 everybody's like yeah, just kind of chill as he very slowly chill, puts together yeah. a keyboard. Welcome. Yeah, I, that's you know. Again, it's, I just get the keyboard out of it. Friday, so thanks to Mike for that. Time for Friday Keyboard Club. <laughs> You got it. You nailed it. That's yes. what it's like. <laughs> I love it. Super smooth, quiet, calm. Yep. I love Jason, it. don't you don't you don't you ac- you you, you want to hit the, the the touch ID, but you accidentally hit the button that uh, activates the trap door in front of your desk. Doesn't that happen sometimes? Yeah. Well, you know that that actually is a, a problem. But the good news about this procedure is that the key that's under the touch ID button doesn't come with. It's separate. Ah. So this thing doesn't move. It only reads my fingerprint. So therefore, the trap door remains. Uh, uh, solid and not that. with me in it. Yeah, I have to use a different keyboard. I use the Stream Deck to drop people through the trapdoor. Now that's my <laughs> advanced system for that. Now you know you, I've, I've been thinking about. I used to have an Apple script, but I really want to turn that into a workflow instead. You know, I yeah. I, I, I mean, short. I think shortcuts are a better uh, way to. Con- well, actually, home automations is your best way to oh, do yeah. your evil. Because then you could say it. You could say it out loud. Open the yeah. trapdoor. Place. Yeah, or or every Wednesday at three thirty, open the trap door. Oh, if you're sure you know, for cleaning and, for clean. and feeding, <laughs> feed the alligators. Whoever's standing there, it's their problem. Um, here's a here's a kludgy solution from the secret. <laughs> speaking of <laughs> speaking of kludgy solutions, <laughs> from, well, I'm I'm impressed by by you and Mike and and your determination, and I think that's actually a great idea. So I'm not I'm not going, but this. This next one is a kludgy solution. <laughs> the Secret Service is thinking about disabling Apple's messages because of the problem of them deleting messages in the Dan- January 6th run-up. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they've decided... I guess, you know what? Maybe this explains what happened. You may, may remember, you may know about this, uh, the January 6th committee looking for the text messages between Secret Service agents uh, before, during, and after the January 6th insurrection uh, were told by the Inspector General, oh, I should have told you this. Uh, I've known about it for nine months. They deleted them. Uh Oh, but it was just routine maintenance. It had nothing to yes. do with any complicity. We were just changing had. phones. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, but maybe that's true because now the Secret Service is saying um, we want to disable Apple's messages because 
uh, we couldn't. So what they so and then actually this kind of makes sense. So the the Secret Service has a system, as do all government agencies, for retaining those. Those are official records. They are by law need to be retained by backing them up. But Apple's messages are encrypted, so it turns out they're backing up encrypted nonsense. So their system for backing up. Apparently, I'm, I mean, I'm, and it, I'm and it may it. have been something that no one's ever asked for them before. And they didn't know. They, they, didn't they might know. have been just doing backups. They were just doing backups going, well, it backs up everything and then we're going to get rid of it all. And they didn't they didn't they may not have. They really like sometimes they, people make this into in, something into a conspiracy when yeah, it really it may is not like be. Yeah. no one's asked before. No the, one's asked for the messages. The phone resets went, oh, no. occurred as the Secret Service yeah. is implementing a new MDM mobile device management platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple's iMessages cannot be backed up by this system because they're encrypted and stored on users' devices, unlike regular text messages. So the Secret Service said we couldn't we couldn't back up uh, the the uh, messages. Uh, so when individual agents failed to manually back up their data before their phones were erased and reconfigured for the new management system, the only copies of those messages were were gone forever. So now they're saying, by the way, I mean. I guess it depends on your political bent whether you believe this or not. But now they're saying probably we should use some other messaging service yeah. instead of Apple's messages because we can't back them up. Sure. Yeah. Although I this goes against what I I thought that they were encrypted only in transit and that if you do an iCloud backup well, or they're but, on but your remember, device, they're the secret, unencrypted. Yes, that's true. But the Secret Service does not want to back up to iCloud. So that's, I mean, that's sure, legit. They're not going to the back up their phones to iCloud. But, but the argument that they're encrypted on device, I think, is oh, not true. Oh. I think they're not encrypted on device. They're only encrypted end-to-end. And if oh. that's the case, then this is not actually accurate. But I, I don't, maybe there is a quirk there. It seems to me that this might actually be that the MDM system they're using doesn't do it properly in some way. But I, yeah, maybe, they, maybe you don't use iMessage in that case. Maybe yeah. you don't. It, it does it does point out a problem that didn't exist really until like 2005 2006 yeah, that's right where you have to, i mean it's really really important that every record be retained not just for history but also because i don't know let's say that there is a massive insurrection and someone is violent is needs to be thrown into jail for the things that they did while they were in office you need to basically have you can't give them a safe sanctuary of we can have a communication that's only private to me and my supporters and not uh, not uh, to investigators or historians so well, i mean it, it's we, we also i mean we, we all enjoyed talking about oh well geez you know obama has to give up his iphone and gosh how disappointing is to go to a secure blackberry but it's super super important and i think this is i i i acknowledge that this could this looks very this looks very 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 suspicious we can't deny that i acknowledge that the possibility that maybe this was just a mistake or an oversight or something they didn't really foresee but it does mean that okay now that we have now that this thing has actually happened we have to make sure this never happens again trust is so important even if the, even if these are completely innocent messages about hey we want to get Dunkin' Donuts after or I don't know I'd rather get storybooks we need we can't have people not being able to trust the people who are uh, the, the, the people at this level of government secrets uh, by the way Politico which has this story says uh, they talked to uh, former CISA director Chris Krebs who I uh, I trust uh, he says when it comes to handling iMessages the Secret Service follows its parent department, the DHS's protocols, and according to Krebs, the DHS has not dis- disabled messages. Krebs, though, did say the White House has. 
So uh, it may, you know, I don't, this doesn't solve the uh, conundrum, but it may be that the White House has disabled Apple messages because they can't back them up. I don't know. That's a, you know what, Jason, uh, that's an, I'm going to put you on assignment. Figure that out. Is this BS or is this, uh, is this real? Are yeah, those messages encrypted some, on device or not? One of our, one of our Twit members uh, said, well, you know, everything's encrypted on device. And it's true, but it's true at a high level, which is there's a key. And so if you erase the key, your device is erased. But the problem is when the device is unlocked and, the, and, and readable, my understanding They're was that un- the messages were, were yeah. not encrypted yeah. inside that package. And therefore, if you're using MDM and it's something that can just read the disk when it's unlocked, it should be able to see them. And I don't quite understand what's going on there. There may be a very weird quirk here, but it may be more of an MDM quirk than it is a an Apple messages are encrypted on device quirk. But I don't know. And, and we should also remember that you know, Secret Service, are, they're, they're government employees. They're not uh, political Appointees. Well, but that's you know, the so, question: so, was are they or are they or aren't they? Remember that well, one of the Secret Service agents, in fact, went to work for the White House and then went back to the Secret Service, which is kind of weird. Well, but but for the most yeah. part, they're for the most part they are for the most part that they're 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 they're, made they're by supposed to be that, yeah, apolitical. Yeah. I understand, and 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 I will say that that I from well, anyway, I I think that it's problematic. Like what what they're I mean. There's a lot of things bad about January 6th, and I think that everybody should get prosecuted that needs to get prosecuted. Like, so I just want to say that out, out loud. For Secret Service, there's a problematic thing about asking for person all the all the communications between Secret Service, given what they're privy to. Well, they're required and, to, though. Know, there's, that's not even a question. It's a federal law. Okay, they well, have to, the okay. records, Federal Record Keeping Act so, requires they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, if they want to do it personally, it, they should do it on their personal phone. I mean, that's what, that's exactly. the whole point of... You know, having right. a government phone is that I, that's those records will be kept. No, I understand. I just think it's it's it that being like just subpoenaing it will degrade their ability to talk to each other. It'll push their communications out of the system, or it'll reduce trust with the well. Interestingly, supposed to I think that's exactly the point of this story. Is well, we better not well, use Apple Messages. We better anyways, use something so, we can control. Well, my, <laughs> well, well the, the thing, the interesting thing is, is that when when we talk about secure. Um, platforms. The fact that Secret Service is using iMessage is a little worrisome. Also, yes. No, 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 no. That's good. It tells you something. They yeah. know a lot. Yeah. They know a lot about what's secure and what's not secure. And the fact that they're using well, iMessages to talk to each other is is a they know enough uh, interesting no. detail. They don't know enough not to erase their messages well, they when they back up their when they get trade their phones. Oh, or yeah. they do. Or they know enough. Or they to, do. Well, yeah. <laughs> and that's the question. Again, we're, we, we we can only speculate uh, yeah. about what's going on here. I, I, but the thing is, like, whenever these kind of arguments come up come about uh, about uh, it might interfere with their mission or their job i think that if this my 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 immediate reaction is always well the thing is these people are supposed to be professional that is the mission supposed to that's part of the mission and basically if you tell them that and if you Hmm. tell them by the way here is your special phone that you are supposed to use anytime you're it's a business related or mission related thing you're supposed to use this phone and this phone only and if you have a problem with that here's the door I think that that I expect the people at that level to be professional enough to say, "Okay, I don't have to agree with this, but uh, I'm going to do this because it's part of my orders." And this, and the second thing about it is uh, simply that uh, I would like to, I would hope and expect that the people who make it into these high uh, positions, as well as people who are just uh, hired as cops, people who are in the military, in the National Guard, also have a certain level of sophistication and a certain level of uh, of trust in them. But nonetheless, we are finding out that if you start looking for white supremacists in the police force, you find them. If you start looking for white supremacists in uh, 
pretty much any government body that's supposed to protect people from white from violent white supremacists you will find white supremacists in that group so we can't really it's we can't assume that uh, anything that looks suspicious but with this deletion of texts are uh, because uh, we can't assume that these secret servers are doing something suspicious but nonetheless we also can't assume that there weren't one or two people who are like hey i'm on the side of the insurgents finally we're going to get we're going to do something about this and we're going to keep our guy in the white house we can't assume that either yeah so this but, is why we want and, and i will say this i know alex you have in your job worked with the secret service more than once a lot (laughs) so So, uh, i think you have you have some direct experience that we lack but uh and and i i I, I just saying right i will say i have huge respect for them they'll take bullets for for the press some of the some of the finest most professional individuals i've ever worked with you know even when i did made mistakes in the White House. Mr. Lindsay, you're not allowed to use that staircase. I think we it's, told it's, you It's that. more of a, if you have a laser measure in the East Room and you miss the door jam oh, geez, and it goes out across, the, oh across the White House, oh, dear. people you're get super alive, excited. You're to be alive, dude. Yeah. <laughs> people get so super excited. I was just measuring because we had to do it. I can, I, I can say that my interactions with the Secret Service, the, the time that I, that, I, that I set up my camera on a tripod to take pictures of cows in front of the White House at 7 a.m. one morning, they were so nice to me. They were, <laughs> they were so what happens what happens yeah. when you, when that happens when that little laser goes out someone comes running they, yeah. you can tell that they ran yeah. and then stopped wa- and stopped and walked oh my god and they go hey hey how's it going yeah exactly exactly and i go oh, i'm just measuring the room uh, we, we have a thing and they go, and they go yeah let's uh Let's not use that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do not put little, a red dot on anything. You get the feeling that they they had a solution already to go, and they're having the friendly conversation. No, no, no. When he ran in, his hand was by his. Oh, jeez, Alex. I'm glad you survived that. Under his jacket, it wasn't. Holy Under his jacket, it was definitely there was definitely a lot of excitement. But it was like, but the nicest. You don't make mistakes twice with the Secret Service. I'm guessing. I have. I have made you learn <laughs> just different mistakes, not the not the not the same mistakes. I find I just, that if you, I think, if you go I think we the- can be critical of the Secret Service and also uh, respect them. Yeah. And my guess is a lot of those people that Alex respects at the Secret Service are probably uh, face palming about this entire I'm issue. Thinking themselves. you're probably right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I would I would be concerned about a Secret Service agent or a police officer who does who is saying no. I refuse to be audited. I refuse to be observed. I re- you should trust me implicitly and, every, and everything because the best people in those positions understand that they are the spear point of fascism should the the country go that way and they do not want to be the spear point of fascism that's that's exactly right first look at belkin's (laughs) this is a big change of subject first look at belkin's (laughs) iphone continuity camera mount (laughs) oh geez i have one Uh, of those somewhere i wonder where it is do you have one Oh. I do. I don't. I don't know where. Oh well, well you could have been. Uh, this, you could have been one of the stories in the show. There today. was a lot going on that week, but yes, so it's the, out there. So they gave it to you, and you have you used it? Brian Tong yeah. had a had a piece. That's all I was. Uh, yeah, on. you stick you stick it on. I mean, it, you stick it on the top of a laptop. It doesn't fit on a monitor really. It's for for laptops, at least the one that I got. So it's kind of yeah. A very that's what this one looks like thing. too. Yeah. And the big, you know, the big. That's it. I got that. Uh, the big challenge <laughs> is the weight of the iPhone because honestly, the yeah. iPhone is heavy enough that if you get that 
that uh, MacBook screen a little far back, it will just keep opening up. So it's a delicate balance. And I kept thinking, what is the what is the metal thing for? And they say it's for like a tripod so that you can put it on a on a desk or something instead if you want to have it just sort of at, a, at the right angle on a desktop. But I started to think, I wonder if that, that metal thing is also a counterweight so that you can like bring it out and just get a little more weight yeah. uh, forward on the thing so that yeah. it doesn't pull the whole display backward because that's I didn't understand when we were talking about continuity the first off what the challenge would be that these uh, these laptop screens are so light and then you put a big old iPhone Pro Max on the back and it pulls it really wants to pull that thing open and in order to use the desk view continuity camera you do have to have that phone particularly placed in such a way I presume yeah. that's what this is for yes. yeah I think I and in fact the way the angle works on continuity camera you actually do want the screen to be a little bit taller than you would if you were using it normally uh, so and that helps with the balance right it helps right. with the weight distribution and then it gives it a little more field of view to see the desk view in front right. of you although Otherwise, even then that desk view is so you have to push the laptop so far back in order for the desk view to make yeah. any sense and it's an unnatural position so i'm gonna stick in. with a camo and uh, a tripod how about that that might be you can do that too yeah. <laughs> Actually, what I often end up doing if I'm in a hurry is I just prop my phone open <laughs> in the case and I put it on top of a bunch of thick Python books. And that works pretty well, too. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. And when we come back, it will be time for the picks of the week with our fabulous Mac Break Weekly team. Our show today brought to you by Cashfly. And when I say brought to you by, I mean literally. If you're downloading our podcasts, you're downloading them from Cashfly. How do we know Cashfly is amazing? We've been using them for 10 years, more than. They saved our bacon back when uh, Twit first started. Matt Levine of Cashfly came to me and said, I can help you get these shows out to your audience without delay. And it really works with 50-plus locations around the globe. When you're listening or watching a show, you're, you're getting it from a server that's close to you, which means it can outperform any other system, I mean, certainly much better than the, you know, HTTP we were using, uh, 30% faster than other major CDNs. And the other thing I love about Cashfly, because they have all these points of presence, they have very high availability. In fact, over the last 12 months, 100% availability, because if one server goes down, no problem. There's another one, and another one, and another one. Now Cashfly is branching out into some very interesting new things like ultra-low latency video streaming. This is so much better than that unreliable WebRT solution you might have been using. WebSocket live video workflow. It scales to millions of users with sub-one-second latency. Wow. You can also use, and we've been using this kind of pre-release for a long time, Cashfly's storage optimization system. You actually use their storage, which eliminates... You know, these uh, these cache misses, so you get a cache hit ratio of 100%. It also takes a load off your origin servers and reduces your S3 bills if you use S3 for that, uh, as we do. It really is a great way to make sure your content is always available. And with Cashfly's Elite Managed Packages, I can tell you personally, VIP treatment 24-7 for support and response times in less than an hour. Most of the time, they're already fixing it before you, before you even call them. They go, we know. We know what's wrong. Ten times faster than traditional methods, six continents, lightning-fast gaming. It'll deliver your downloads faster with zero lag, glitches, or outages. Mobile content optimization that offers automatic and simple image optimization so your site loads faster on any device. And, of course, multi-CDN for redundancy and failover. 
Your traffic is intelligently balanced across multiple providers, giving you the shortest routes, mitigating against performance glitches. And that's why whenever you download one of our shows, audio or video, and you're getting it from Cashfly, never a problem, never a hitch. It comes in fast and easy. And with Cashfly's 24-7, 365 priority support, they're always there for you when you need them. They've always been there for us. We're so grateful. Learn more at cashfly.com. If you're not using Cashfly, you ought to be. Cashfly, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com. Thank you, Cashfly, for your support. Pick of the week time. Let's start with Jason Snell. You know, last week, Alex had a great uh, desktop picture app that he picked, and it inspired me. So I want to promote Downlink, which is free. Downlink uses NASA's Earth-facing satellites to do, uh, and you can do custom views. It has great coverage in North America and the Pacific. Not as great in Europe. Sorry about that. He says the imagery is not as advanced uh, that's available to the public. But you can do a custom crop or you can choose one of the predefined crops. And it is using the uh, these beautiful satellites that take pictures of the Earth all the time. And they update, I think it updates... As the images update, so it's like every hour, maybe. It says as fast as every 20 minutes. Right. Depends on the crop and all that. You can go up to every 20 minutes and you can get a live look at the Earth, perhaps over your location, perhaps somewhere else if you really want to. Um, It's a really good app by Anthony Colangelo, who does a space podcast as well called Main Engine Cutoff. Uh, and it's just beautiful. And that is what I use on my desktop is I have a picture of the Pacific and the California coast oh. all the way out to Hawaii. And on a, you know, on a, on a hot day, I can see that California has no clouds <laughs> and they've all been pushed offshore. And on, uh, and right now I'm watching, there's a hurricane out in the Pacific and it's very visible oh, at the bottom of my immediately. screen. Immediately. Beautiful. Oh. Downlink. It's Downlink. Great. Lives in your menu bar, launches its startup and you set the view and then it will auto update, uh, just, you know, basically hour by hour or a little bit less throughout your whole day. So you can see the evening pass across the, the face of the earth and, and then you can turn off your computer because it's nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> Downlinkapp.com. It's free. It's free. Free. Lowest price possible. Nice. Free. Alex Lindsay, pick of the week. So my pick is uh, the new Light and Magic that just came out last week with uh, on Disney+. Plus. Wow. So this it's is a documentary. This is yeah. The documentary, six, it's six episodes, six amazing episodes, and hopefully the first six of like a hundred. Um, it <laughs> is, uh, it's not just that it's a great story. You can't believe the footage they had, like these interviews with George and some of the behind the scenes of them shooting this stuff. I mean, fortunately, they captured it, but this is really the inception of ILM, Industrial Light and Magic. And then as they built forward, you know, it, it shows you progressing all the way through um, you know, episode one, I think, is, is where, um, or, or episode two or three, um, where they talked about some of the digital cameras. And so it's, it's a, you know, they cross, you know, 30, 30 years or 35 years of, of, uh, of ILM and really talk about the big things that changed and, and who was part of it. And what it's just, it's fast from as a story, it's fascinating. You, you, 
you realize it was just a bunch of people that just were really into these, this visual effects thing that no one had really heard of. And they were all hanging. And, and George just happened to hire the right one, John Dykstra. And he just told all his friends, let's, like, let's go play. <laughs> we got, let's, let's, let's go do this. Collected all these people together. And they told some of their friends. And before you know it, you have this crazy group of people that are putting this thing together and all the trouble that they had. They were six months out. They had two shots done, you know, and, and, um, and, and they had 400 shots to go. And, and, and so after, you know, a long time of doing this, building their own cameras from scratch. And in addition to the fact that it's just an incredible story, it's incredibly well told. This is a, a, a documentary production value. As someone who does things like that, the documentary production value is astounding. Like it's, it's Lawrence Kasdan it, who did it. Yeah. So he wrote yeah, okay. He wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, and he, Solo. He's very much involved with this. So he so directed he, this documentary. Wow. And it's the, it is a master class in... The, like the interviews that they do, if you look at the background and the lighting and the, everything else, if you look at the animations they do to explain how the camera works, at first it looks like a drawing, but then you see that the, the little cables are vibrating in 3D. You know, you're like, you're like, oh, they rendered that. You know, so so there's so many things, and they do these 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 things where they show you like how the matte paintings and they and it's just. It, it takes visual, uh, visual effects to an entirely different level as far as just really understanding how hard it is, understanding how hard what they did was, but also just really understanding how it works. And uh, in it, but but it's not a geeky thing. It's really about the story about the people who put these together. And you know, and I got to see a lot of my friends. Yeah, <laughs> so and the was, camera and your camera and was, that you bought, the model camera that you bought. Yeah, my, the, my I think the camera that, that I that I own uh, is is, uh, is on one of the shots. And so so the um, yeah. I think it's worth saying too while we're talking about ILM is just uh, that because I also know some people who work there and I think that there is this trend, especially in like modern film circles, to talk about special effects people as if they're robots or their computer programs and they don't really love film yeah. and i'll tell you i have never met people who loved film and have loved right. have loved classic movies and love the visual style of filmmaking and try to you know then the people at ilm like the people who work in the fx industry in general they love film and filmmaking they are filmmakers and if you ever see somebody say oh that's just the technicians at the special effects yeah. house they don't understand i it's not true Incredible whatever wise. that person is saying they don't know because nobody loves movies and the and the the language of movies more than the people who are working in the visual effects houses that that is why they're in that business that's yeah. awesome yeah it's just that's awesome and it's just it, it's a must it must watch, watch it. it if you if you just it's and it's fascinating the first the, the the it's yeah it's just so good the, all the way i i haven't i i have to admit i watched the first one and the second one and then immediately jumped to the last one saying how far are they going to go so then i watched that one so now i gotta go back and watch four five. <laughs> you watched it out of order you're hysterical oh, i want to see if i showed up so, so anyway so, so the, um, <laughs> to, be, to be totally clear i was like no nah, didn't get me. so because because you know the footage there's so much footage from episode one because they shot they every time george was uh, doing anything, someone was behind him shooting. So I was curious, like what they were going to grab from from a lot of that. The um, uh, they and and so I was, you know, wanted to see what that looked like because I've seen tens of hours of that footage, and you know, because I had to do research for something anyway. Anyway, so the the um, uh, but just in, so I'm hoping that they're going to do more of these. And so our job, everybody's job, is to go watch lots of this, show lots of minutes, you know, that that we like this because and now I and I think that Disney. 
this is the best one so far. But they, you know, they have assembled. So Disney has assembled, and they've been doing. You know, they did some Mandalorian ones and everything else. This is a great thing for the subscription because, the, you know, basically it's not it's not nearly as expensive as doing a two hundred million dollar Gray Man, right? But people who really like film, it's another thing. It's another oh, piece yeah. of content that, that they can Love throw it. out. Now, this one, I will say, the ILM one. You know, they spent a lot of money on this one. <laughs> Like this was definitely not like cut together by the intern, you know, so so but but I think that they're starting to I think Disney's starting to figure out that all that behind the scenes footage is valuable for oh, yeah. subscribers because if it just keeps on rolling out between your big um, tent poles, it's going to keep people on the hook. And so I think that I hope that ev- all these services get deeper into it i would love to see like apple do tiny world you know like well, how do they shoot all that stuff and they did a little bit of that but you know like more and more of these of these movies that to me shoot less stuff i mean i know i'm i'm a film geek but shoot less stuff and just show us more behind the scenes i'd be good I'll, I'll stay especially, especially if, uh, behind the scenes stuff about visual effects on the modern Marvel movies where every single visual effects house is saying well, the, the, the worst news we could get is that we're doing a Marvel movie because they are going to nickel and dime us until the very end and keep making changes and they're horrible to work with but I'm sure that documentary is coming out on Disney Plus anytime. <laughs> that's that's, what, that's, that's uh, where I come from that we call that Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> hey I just so. want to throw in something for your basement Alex this is our staff pick of the week from Patrick Delahanty, our uh, our our, eng- our uh, software engineer. The uh, available, but you've got to run and get it right now. The Ecto containment unit from Ghostbusters. This is a model <laughs> built by. Uh, yeah, I thought you might want this. It's built out of uh, out of out of wood by uh, I guess a company that that makes this. Uh, office name makers. There's only one of them. Currently two thousand thirty three dollars and sixty one cents on Etsy. <laughs> But so good. you better hurry. There's only one, and there are nine people with it in their carts, according to Etsy. <laughs> so everybody's going. Can I? Should I? Well, my what will my wife so say? Cool. <laughs> cool. well, a, lot, a, a lot of those people put them in the carts before the the, the multi state lottery last weekend. Yes, that's right. If, when I, I, win, win, if I win one point three billion dollars, yeah. my mega millions, I will be buying an ecto containment unit because everyone needs one of these in their basement. <laughs> Andy Anako, pick of the week. A couple of quick, uh, fun audio ones. This is a Superscope C106 cassette recorder, uh, like, and really designed for like heavy duty use for like journalists, like doing interviews and live com- live press conferences in the 80s. Kind of cool, not not terribly interesting. However, uh, it comes. You can get an accessory for it that is the reason why I wound up buying it, and it's very very apropos given our conversations about uh, the Secret Service. <laughs> you could also get. A pistol grip for it. Oh my God! Maybe not. Maybe not. As can you imagine like running up to the mayor saying, yeah. <laughs> "Mr. President, Mr. President, <laughs> Mr. President, Mr. President"? Whoa! So uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of had to add this to my collection of. Uh, you have friends. a lot of these uh, weird uh, little. What do you buy them at the MIT uh, flea market or uh, MIT flea market? And also this 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 was like everybody had their silly like COVID like uh, <laughs> delusion, and mine was like collecting like old cassette players because I kind I kind of realized that they uh, I kind of fell in love with how they they tell a really interesting design story of how the some of these were very very practical. Some of these are trying to design for a specific purpose. Like again, I'm a field reporter and I need to like I, I need to basically get get interviews and get uh, get yeah. blurbs for 
what I'm writing, and people who are trying to enjoy music. And sometimes when the technology was not ready to be like a music enjoyment thing, and a lot of I just love the I, it's I just love the fact that so many of these were made in so many different shapes, size, colors, configurations. And like I said, I think I think it, it tells an interesting design story of when cassettes before the before the Walkman came out, and they figured out that okay, great, it's a stereo high fidelity mobile playback thing no okay but maybe it's a conferencing thing no maybe it's a music thing for the beach and how do we tell it super scope like thanks to scooter x in our chat room super scope is still around they are in this fabulously antiquated looking uh building yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they make uh digital solutions that are very much yep. like what you just talked about but uh obviously digital now instead of cassette hand, hand, handcrafted bespoke artisanal <laughs> yes. analog recording yes. decks yeah um the, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, this. Uh, I, I had to buy this recently. A spin fit. These are these are uh, third party ear tips for pretty much any sort of uh-huh. in ear headphones that you have. Uh, whether you have uh, AirPods, whether you have Sony in earbuds, whether you have wired earbuds. A lot. Of, uh, most of the time, when you when you see people com- make complaints about these things, it's not about the audio quality. It's that gee, it's, it's uncomfortable. Right. I can't wear right. or or yeah. it keeps. I keep. Uh, uh, I, I heard someone talk about. Oh, I wish I could wear AirPods but it just keeps falling out of my ear. It doesn't stay in. Well, the thing is, like, you can just pull off the little plastic or rubber tip that came with and replace it with something that either A fits your ear better or b maybe you need a larger one in one ear a smaller one in the other ear maybe you want a foam sort of earbud uh, enclosure instead of a silicone one maybe you want the kind that is uh, almost like a, a an ear an earplug like a noise uh, that absolutely removes all the noise from the outside by making a seal against your ear uh, and with all with these like these third party uh, ear tip replacements that cost anywhere from 6 bucks to 13 or 14 dollars uh, you can really turn uh, your earbuds from something that you can barely tolerate for a half hour of a workout to something you can wear all day long. Uh, and so uh, every every three or four or five months, one of my ear tips like winds up tearing, so I have to buy another one of these. It's good uh, to know and- you can get third-party ones of these. Are they on Amazon? Yeah, the, these SpinFit is just one maker. They're on Amazon. There are all kinds of makers about these. Some of them, some of them are really nice in that these are these are specifically a size medium. Uh, I take I, for these earbuds that they they work really really well for me. But some of them will will sell you a kit that's like a little Sucrets box that has like for eleven dollars it will have all kinds of ranges so that you can really mix and match from one ear to another. Uh, so whichever ear is giving you the most trouble, that one's that you give the most attention to. And like I said, it really, not not only just for comfort, but sometimes it's like, gee, I'm really looking forward to spending, uh, to replacing my uh, non, non-noise canceling earbuds with the new $100 more earbuds. But then you put in like some better like silicone ear tips and you realize that, wow, that really does seal, seal my ear canal against uh, outside noise enough that I kind of would rather spend the $12 for these than the $100 for a brand new pair. And they have them for the iPod Pro, uh, AirPod Pro, as well as uh, many, 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 many others. And their size, so you want to order the size that fits your ear best. Right. And different different colors, too, so you can get the (laughs) kicky yellow color. This is good to know, because sometimes I lose them and I think, oh, now what do I do? I'm out of luck. But no, you can get new ones. Yeah, Thank the, you, the, Andy. Size for ear, and also also size for different sized of, uh, of yeah. Uh, you gotta get the one too, that's so right for your. They'll, they'll stay, yeah. they won't. You don't want the earbud coming off inside your yeah. ear. That's yeah. that's a bummer. <laughs> well, that's a bummer because it's over. But thank oh. you for being here for MacBreak Weekly. We do this show every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, 
1800 UTC. You can watch us live at live.twit.tv or chat with us live at irc.twit.tv. And, of course, Club Twit members are always hanging out in the Discord all around the clock because it's not just the shows, but we have great conversations going on uh, there all the time. Club Twit is... Uh, you know, something we started a few months ago, I think it's going really well. It really helps us, kind of subsidizes new show development, gives you ad-free versions of all of our shows, access to the Discord, and then the Twit Plus feed. It's not, uh, you know, our goal is not to leave anybody out. We still offer free versions of everything. But uh, for those of you who don't want ads, don't like ads, or don't want to be tracked uh, by ad tracking technologies and want to hang out with other other friends... In the uh, Discord, this is, I think, a pretty good deal. It's only seven bucks a month. We also offer for individual shows a two ninety nine per month cost. So if you just want this show ad free, you can get it just by itself. But you don't get the Discord, you don't get the Twit Plus feed. So I think it's worth the seven bucks. But it's up to you. If you want to know more, twit.tv slash club twit twit.tv slash club twit. Jason Snell does infinite podcasts. Uh, his Website sixcolors.com has a list of them all at sixcolors.com slash podcasts. He sure. also writes for Macworld and many other magazines. He's he's a very busy guy, but I'm glad you made time to be part of our uh, Tuesdays. Thank you, Coming Jason. from you, Infinite Podcasts is uh, <laughs> an honor. No, you do more than I do. That's that's you know, that's for know. sure. Uh, I don't know. On an hour, hour per week basis, I don't know. If that's uh, true. Yeah, I've been cutting down in my old age, so I think you're catching up. Thank you, Jason. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Leo. Thanks to Andy and Akko, too. WGBH in Boston. When are you going to be on next? Uh, a day early this week. I'm on at one ten in the afternoon on Thursday. Just go to WGBHnews.org to stream it on audio live or later. Or go to WGBH's YouTube channel uh, to see the live video stream of it. We're not nice. in the Boston Public Library this week. Uh, excuse me, on, on Thursdays. That's only on Fridays and Tuesdays, I think. Uh, but you'll still be able to see me pretty much exactly like you're seeing right now <laughs> only 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 i'll be using your, my npr voice are your sideburns getting whiter they look like they're getting whiter no no they're still as fresh <laughs> i decided to go platinum with them but there's still there's still there's still a little patch of there's a little yeah, color it's, it's, there it's it's weird when it's it's weird when i look at like you know google photos can like has like 20 years of photos of me it's, it's almost like you can see like it's the it's the progress bar of my old age downloading because you go from like d- deep deep copper red to like a little bit nice. of gray a little bit nice. more gray a little bit nice. more gray i love it i love it we've been we've been together a long time andy uh Indeed. we both we've both gone a little grayer in those days uh also of course alex Lindsay, we're gonna have an ask me anything with alex rescheduled in our club yep. august 18th at 9 a.m so please stop by if you're a club member for that or join the club for that because you will definitely want to ask him questions our book club by the way is august 25th it's really a good book clara and the sun uh stacy higginbotham aunt pruitt and i will all discuss as with as will you i hope uh that's coming up uh alex is available for employ if uh, any promises not to use his laser sights, if you don't want him to, <laughs> no, no, at zero nine zero dot media laser measurer measurer not they're not sights <laughs> no, they're not, that's not they're red dot that's nothing. He's also, yeah. of course, uh, the man in charge, the big guy at office hours, just barely. Well, but it's a big <laughs> they're group. Taking over. Yeah, it's the a group, big group. Group's taking over. It's growing There's like, like top people working on it. So Office it's, it's hours. So global. Yeah, you can't. I guess you can't really say it's it's your thing yeah. anymore, right? Eight hundred sixty-one yeah. shows today. Focus on surround sound basics. Sounds fantastic. And 
and you got to listen to the first hour of that too because it's just there we had so many audio experts and people started asking audio questions when oh, they see who's going to be there and yeah. so it was just really really dense <laughs> you know dense information and um we're pretty excited we've, we're going to talk about my new favorite music video um called i won't by ajr <laughs> i don't know if you've seen it it's i so like good. ajr i have it's, to say, it's so yeah, so the music video is really well shot we're going to kind of break it down and talk about how it got done because they it's do really some amazing stuff. creative yeah and, and yeah and the words the words are pretty good too yeah, I follow. I only know about them because of their TikTok. So I see all of their like special effects, thirty seconds yeah. at a time. But I'm impressed. Yeah. Good. All yeah, right. Officehours.global if you want to participate in that global phenomenon. Yeah. And I see you've added a search, which is great. You now have so much content. You have to have a you search know, box. High tech. High tech. <laughs> be able to be able to awesome. search the content. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I appreciate it. We'll be back next week. I hope you will too. Meanwhile, time to go back to work because break time is over. Bye-bye. Hey, we should talk Linux. It's the operating system that runs the internet, but your game consoles, cell phones, and maybe even the machine on your desk. But you already knew all that. What you may not know is that TwitNow has a show dedicated to it, the Untitled Linux Show. Whether you're a Linux pro, a burgeoning sysadmin, or just curious what the big deal is, you should join us on the Club Twit Discord every Saturday afternoon for news, analysis, and tips to sharpen your Linux skills. And then make sure you subscribe to the Club Twit exclusive Untitled Linux Show. Wait, you're not a Club Twit member yet? Well, go to twit.tv slash club twit and sign up. Hope to see you there.